Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Totally Driven Entertainment Radio Network. In the future, none of you are heroes. You're legends. Get driven. Stay driven. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening and thank you for tuning in to our Thursday night programming of Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> but why wouldn't you tune into the greatest show heard all around the world? <laughs> That's right, Thursday night, Totally Driven Radio. It's time to get driven, people. Here we are. My name is Bay Ragney, and we are live on this special Thursday night, and I am so freaking stoked, excited, pumped, and driven to do tonight's show. Not only because I have two of my best friends in the world along my side, but we got some special guests coming up later in the show. But first, let's introduce those friends, those people who did not get to experience that ice or the snow or the, the cold that we have here on the East Coast the last couple of days. We're going to go down south first. The guy was probably uh, had his toes in the hot tub uh, while he was making the world go away. His name is Mr. Jimmy Gennetti. What's going on, brother? Uh, no hot tub this week. It's actually been, it's been a little nippy here last week. Uh, a few days, actually, it's been down in the sixties. So I, you know, I had to break out the sweatshirt. Yeah, actually, it was, you know. <laughs> breaking out the Got sweatshirt. I did. I had to break out the sweatshirt, and, and yeah, because it was getting a little cold. Lips were showing a bit. You know, can't have that. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's go over to the other side of the the, the country, where um, I, I bet you this guy did not break out a sweater this week. Um, actually, if he wears closed shoes, that is his version of a sweater. Um, he's had a rough week. He's uh, he's been stressed. He's been uh, pressured. He's been upset, but he's still here tonight, and he's slowly getting over his uh, his week of. Uh, almost defeat. He didn't give up. He's still going. He's still fighting it. Kick its ass. He destroyed the freaking hammer, which uh, made him feel better. <laughs> Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Nick Wilkinson. What's going on there, buddy? Hey, man, let me just give you our, our five-day forecast, okay? 92, 94, 96, 95, 93. <laughs> That's so there you go. It is. Well, I, I, it's what happens when you live in the devil's butthole. Ah, bless but you. Yeah, look, 
like at the same point in time when you guys were just being snowed in, I decided it was time to turn on the air conditioner. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I wasn't snowed in, but uh, I've had the air on but, all week. So. Oh, dude. I, I, I will tell you this, Bane. Sometimes if I left the air on too long, it got chilly, and, and I would have to turn it down a little bit. So that's sort of like what you went through. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, for my my bedroom, um, it, it's it's ice cold. Like in in the winter, it gets so cold in my room, and I love it. I just can't. I, I'm a person where I have to sleep in the cold. I got to be all curled up and. Um, oh yeah, yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Like, so in the winter, it's just great because it's like, I mean, it's like 20 degrees colder in my room than the rest of the house. Um, so, I like, sleeping the last few nights, it's been like ice. Like, I can see my breath almost breathing. So it's been, it's been very enjoyable. But then I get to the point where, uh, I mean, am I the only person this happens to where then – it could be so cold, but in due time, it's when it gets so hot, your body temperature gets so hot that now you're like slowly sweating and you got to pop a foot out from under the cover just to even out your body temperature. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, dude. I always sleep with like my part of my head uncovered and part of my feet because it's a, it's not just a symptom of like, um, being a big guy, but it's also a symptom of like sleep apnea. There's like 17 different wedding is like a side effect of. Dude, you know that whole fucking sleep apnea shit is really. It's more serious. It's so serious. Like, like all this stuff I've been going through lately. It, it turns out that bottom line, it's all stemming from my sleep apnea. Like yeah. every. Health issue I have, it all just stems back to my sleep apnea. To where, if I lose some weight and sleep with the machine, like my life would be such a better quality. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen up. Listen before it gets the conversation too heavy. Here, we were talking about ice and stuff like that. And it reminded me that I wanted to tell you guys a joke. Oh. Okay. okay. All right. Are you ready? It's the first joke that I've told on the air. <laughs> okay. okay. So check it out, right? We're sitting here and we're floating on, like, an iceberg. You know what I mean? And there's this, like, little baby polar bear. And the little baby polar bear, and he goes up to his mom and he's like, yo, He's like, can I ask you a question? And she's like, sure. And he's like, look, am I 100% polar bear? Because I have my suspicions. And she's like, dude, you're crazy. You're 100% polar bear. Your dad's on the other iceberg. You know what I mean? So he, he jumps off the iceberg, and he swims over to his dad, and he's like, yo, like, you're, you're my father. You can tell me honestly, am I 100% polar bear? Like, it's time for the truth to come out. And he's like, dude, what, what are you talking about? You look just like me. So he hops off that iceberg, finally he goes over to his grandmother, and he climbs up on her iceberg, and he's like, Grandma, you'll tell me the truth, right? Am I 100% polar bear? She goes, I heard you ask your mom, and I heard you ask your dad, and now you're asking me, why do you think you're not all polar bear? And he goes, 
It's fucking cold. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. You like that one? That was, that was good. Uh, oh man! It's like uh, listening to one of Spengoolie's bad jokes. <laughs> that's my daughter's favorite joke. That's <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> So, uh, all right, let, let's let's run down the show, and then we we have uh, we have almost an hour to talk because there's all types of stuff I wanted to throw out there, and I'm, I'm going to open up the phone lines, and there's some people who might want to call in. Um, so tonight, uh, usually at this point, uh, Kristen Burt's calling in, but Kristen uh, got sidetracked tonight. She's got some stuff going on out there in uh, in La La Land, so she won't be able to join us tonight. She'll be back next week, which reminds me, I, I got to write myself a note. I need to do my freaking envelope. I meant to do it before we went live, but I get so attached to this Facebook Live now before we go live. So, <laughs> but uh, but for tonight's show, I mean, super stoked, super excited. Um, re- making his big return after uh, it's been like two years, we had such a good freaking time. He was on last time. Uh, the Count Danny Coker from Counting Cars, Count Seventy Seven. Um, yeah, he'll be coming up top of the hour at nine o'clock, and. You know, it's funny because last time we had him on, uh, Rachel, our, our 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 girl, Rachel Lorin, she was on that night, and she hung out for the whole show that night, and we had such a good time. It was one of the funnest shows I think we ever did. That was it. That was like the night she became part of the family. That was it. That that was the night. That was the night that like the line was officially crossed, and she truly became part of the family. You're right. Absolutely. It's it's funny too. Like I had I had to pull like um, the bumper because it, it's one that we've played a lot over the last two years, and I just want to play it again for everybody because you can hear the fun in Danny's bumper he did for us, uh, in the station ID he did for us that uh, that you can just hear how the night went. Hey everybody, this is a count from Counting Cars, and you're watching. Now you're not watching. You're fucking listening. What the fuck? What's happening? Take two. Take two. Thank you. Hey, everybody, this is the Count from Counting Cars on History, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Turn it up, man. <laughs> oh, um, man. I, you know what I love? I love how you always tell them, don't worry, dude, I'll edit it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and you know what? Usually I don't. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. You uh, not at all, either. Uh, not at what all. What happened? Either. Somebody came in Nick's secret door. Hold on one second. Go ahead. You got to talk amongst yourselves. I have to recover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. Was, but that, uh, that, yeah. Night, that night was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was. I, I was half tempted to, like, uh, get hold of Rachel and say, "Hey, you need to call in tonight. And hang out while Danny, uh, Danny uh, calls in." <laughs> you gotta leave that girl alone. She's got work to do. <laughs> she, she does have work to do. Uh, she's yeah. gotta get ready for May thirteenth. Is what she needs to do. Uh, now, Janetti, yeah. come up for that. We're gonna be in your old hood, my friend. I, I, I where where is it at now? Up at uh, Bustleton and Philmont. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, honestly, I was I when I was born, I lived I lived 
uh, up Philmont. Uh, I, I'm not going to say the exact street, but uh, yeah, it was uh, one of the three that were there at the time. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> 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 uh, 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 funny. Yeah, we just invented the swing set. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're going to be at the old. Uh, probably back then it was called. I think it was John's Boardwalk Bar and Grill. Yeah. 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 No, I know. It, Leo Mall used to be over there. God, I miss that place. Never mind. Yeah, I don't you don't know what I'm talking about. It was now, Leo from, Mall. Uh, from there, how far was your dad's store? Because your dad's store was on Bustleton, right? No, dad was on Caster. He was, uh, which Cast, Bustleton turns into Caster. Caster like basically breaks off from Buffalo. He probably from Fulmont and, and yeah, uh, 10 minute drive from there. So, okay. I, I thought it might be closer. Yeah. No, no, not to, not to Fulmont. No. So, yeah. It's not bad though. It's, it's, that is the old stomping grounds. I was there for longer than I cared to say. Yeah. I remember walking home a couple times from Boston and Philmont too. That was nice. So, now who's the other guest we have? Or is that just Danny tonight? Now, coming up at 10 o'clock, we have um, the guy's actually, he's, uh, he's an off-road racer. He's, he races, uh, actually, he used to race motorcycles at one point, like off-road motorcycle racing. And now he does, like, the truck racing, um, that, like, race through the desert and shit like that. But, um, yeah. What is it, like, sand book. boogies? Sand yeah. Boogies. <laughs> uh, he wrote a book. Um <laughs> Here he he uh, he suffers from bipolarism and uh, actually tried to commit a suicide and lived. The dude like put a gun to his head and tried to blow his head off and lived. So just to show you how like yeah it's crazy. That's, yeah, that's I mean, ooh. see I'm so I'm I am so going to hell. I'm so gone to hell, and I'm just going to leave it there. But either way, it's, yeah, it'll be a, a riveting story. Oh, damn. Yeah, I, I got to throw a little plug out and a, a little pop to our friend, Ricky Boo Boo. Ricky Mendoza, our paparazzi buddy. Um, mm. He was, uh, I guess if you're out on the on the West Coast, like Nick, you could probably still be able to catch it. Um, if uh, He's going to be on, and, uh, what is it? He's going to be on Access Hollywood tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, I don't know. I think that's on, like, before 8, East Coast. Yeah, we already missed it. Yeah. You'll be able to see it on the Internet in, like, an hour or something. So, they always put that shit up there. Funny. But, yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, so, um, Ricky, so Justin, yeah. Peck, Justin Peck is his name, race car driver. 
We'll be talking to him in the, uh-huh. in the last hour. We're going to talk about uh, talk about race car driving. We're going to talk about um, his businesses. We're going to talk about uh, bipolarism. We're going to talk about his book, Bulletproof, because he literally is. So, uh, yeah. Mm. Kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? On his Never. website, let me, let me read some stuff here, man. Like, he's got some. There's like some cool quotes I saw somewhere about him. And um, now I can't find it. But yeah, it's going to be an interesting conversation. That'll be coming up at 10 o'clock, which, uh, like I said in the, earlier on the, on the Facebook Live, um, I started getting emails about his book and all, and the little quotes and all. Uh, about like his story, and I was just like, I, as soon as I read them, I was like, dude, I, I want to get this guy on the show. Like, I want to talk to this freaking guy. So uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm, you know, be a inter- very interesting conversation. I got a feeling this will get pretty deep too. Hmm. Well, that's uh, you know, that's good. And and hey, while we got this hour here, I. I you know, uh, talk a little bit about eBay. I've, I've had uh, over the years. I've been, I've gotten some strange emails. Okay. Uh, you know, people asking questions about stuff that they're buying or whatever. And I and I've had probably you know pretty much one way or the other, one and all. But today I get this email, <laughs> and it's it. The email is sent through. Uh, one of the items that I'm selling, which happens to be like four Marvel action figures, and okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on this I'm gonna get on this thing because I want to get it exactly right. It's, it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and I've never really had anybody ask me. About it. Yeah, people ask you all the time, you know, shipping this or you know, if you take it out of the package, can you get it cheaper or whatever the case. You know what I mean? Um, Uh, and like I said, this is four Marvel action figures he's asking me about. And I'm not going to give the guy's name just because, you know. Uh, <laughs> not too embarrassing. Anyway. No, nah, well, I mean, it's not really embarrassing. But it, he, he asks, and this is the full quote, you into shoes at all? What? That's what, I'm, that's what it says. You into shoes at all? With a question mark about these about these action figures, and I'm like, I got this at like nine o'clock in the morning because <laughs> the, the messages. I don't know how to stop it, but the messages pop up on my phone. Like if I get a message on eBay, it'll pop up on my phone that I got a yeah. message on eBay. So <laughs> I guess I could sign out of eBay and stop doing it, but whatever. Okay. You you can set your notifications. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can do it, but nah, I'm too fucking lazy and don't really care to. Not like it happens all the time where people will, like message you and wake you up, but yeah, it's, you into shoes at all? And I'm sitting there, and you got to be nice. I mean, so I replied to him, uh, "No, I'm sorry, I'm not into shoes at all, but curious, why do you ask?" And he's never <laughs> replied yet. 
So I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a reply on this to ask me. Now, my after I sent him that email, and I and I sat there and I thought about it for a while. I'm thinking, well, maybe he's like he stole some shoes or something, and he's trying to trade for these action figures. Uh, like that could so, go yeah, I'm, I'm, so many different ways. It really could. It, it it really could because my 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 fucking warped mind went all over the place. Yeah, dude. Oh, wait, I don't know what the dude's asking. And it's like when when it involves like when people start bringing up shoes or feet, like it's a whole nother world. Like whole like foot fetish world. It, you could have just like got sucked into a vortex of wackiness. Dude, well, all right. Here's I, and I won't say his name on the uh, well, his screen name on the air, but uh, uh, the name is my first name, Raw Four Twelve. All right, and that, and my real first name, Raw okay. Four Twelve. All one, all one thing. And I'm saying, and then I started looking at that. And I'm going, uh, <laughs> you know, so he's a wrestling fan. Uh so yeah, I have no idea what the deal is, you know. And I have I have some I have a, a whole you know I'll, I'll use a big word here cacophony of stuff. There's a lot <laughs> of different things that I have yeah, here, uh, and and they they range in spectrum. It's not just you know collectibles, whatever the case. They range in the spectrum, and motherfucker <laughs> chose these four action figures. Uh, to come in and ask me about shoes. So, yeah, yeah, eBay gets weirder every time. Really does. Hey, uh, real quick, I, I just got this like little advertisement thing that popped up. Now, I, I haven't been mm-hmm. to this place in a long time. Um, Outback. Now, since uh, since this show, we do consist of two thirds fat bastard. Um, yeah. At Outback, you know, their big thing is the Bloomin' Onion. Well, now yeah. they've upped, they upped, the, upped the ante of the Bloomin' Onion. Mm. It's now three-point Bloomin' Onion where they top it with French fries, with, like, <laughs> cheese over top, topped with hunks of steak. Here you go. To the heart. That's a meat. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Like right, right that to the is heart. a moment. Yeah, <laughs> no, they're like they secretly hate their customer. Yeah, right. That, that you know, those, prob- instead of instead of a dessert cart, they're they're driving around with a crash cart. <laughs> <laughs> There's no dessert carts at this place anymore. They're they're coming around with a crash cart. Clear. No, it's funny because out here in uh, Arizona they closed, but in Vegas they have this place, the Heart Attack Grill, where if you're over 350 pounds, your meal is free. And, like, the chicks that serve you the food are dressed up like sexy doctors, and they, like, wheel you around in wheelchairs. And the burgers are called, like, the triple bypass, the quadruple bypass. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Every time we go to Vegas, we eat for free. Did you ever eat there? I've eaten for free there like three times. Wow. Is it good? 
Oh, it's just like it's just like a greasy burger. You know what I mean? Like real meat, real cheese. Hmm. Real diabetes. <laughs> real burger, real cheese. Can we stop right there? Like <laughs> compared to the fake no pre- burger place. No preformed patties. You know what I'm saying? Like you right, tell right. us used to be ground beef. I'm all so, about it. So let me ask you, why did they close in uh, Arizona? You know what? I'm not sure, but I imagine uh, it was right around the time that, like, our real estate market took a huge crash. Ah, okay. So I'm guessing that had I something to do with it. I didn't know if there was some kind of, you know, some kind of crap or some kind of, you know, because sometimes you get, like, stores that are, I don't know if it's, like, franchised, but. You know, like it's, I put it to like Steve Steaks over on Bustleton and, and uh, St. Vincent, yeah. and then there's another one. It's like uh, you know, headed north, probably about uh, ten miles or so that way. Anyway, the one is so different from the other one. <laughs> you, <laughs> you would hope it would close. So I'm saying I didn't know if it was something like you know health issues or, or what? I think the one in Arizona was first, and, and maybe they just moved to Vegas because it's a way better location. I know they were featured on a couple, like, Food Network things, and then all of a sudden they were in Vegas. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. There you go. But, yeah, Bay, if you finish the burger, like, there's, I forget which one it is, like the quadruple bypass. They'll, like, put you in a hospital gown, and they put you in the wheelchair, and the sexy nurses will, like, push you around the building and then out of the door. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, man. That is too funny. I'll tell you, the other oh. night we went um, we went to a place uh, back in my old stomping grounds of Upper Darby, uh Pika's Italian restaurant and uh, their big claim to fame lately um, I guess it was five years ago or so um, uh, Tina Fey was on the Tonight Show I think it was with Jim and um, he pulled out a pizza from Pika's because that was her you know, her old neighborhood and all so, and they were, right. you know, so I mean there's like pictures of that all throughout the restaurant and all but um, so we went there for Jess's birthday the other night. A friend of ours uh, is a, uh, one of the waiters there. Now, usually, I, I mean, I haven't eaten in the restaurant in a few years because nine out of ten times, if we go there, usually it's just to grab pizza because their pizza is so awesome. Um, so we actually ate dinner inside. Dude, I had it was called the Italian Surf and Turf. It was veal parmesan with two big. Deep fried shrimp, breaded deep fried shrimp, that were also topped with the with the the gravy or whatever you want to call it, gravy sauce, marinara, whatever it was, and mozzarella, just like the 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 veal parm, dude. Oh my god, with a with a thing of spaghetti in the middle. Oh, it was so fucking good, so fucking good. Now look, I'm gonna ask you the fat guy question, and, and like. It didn't piss you off that there were only two shrimps because, like, I would have had hurt feelings. I'll tell you what. 
<laughs> I'll tell you what. Um, I, I would have liked more. I, I, I would have liked more. <laughs> but I was, I, I was honestly, like, so full afterwards. Um, oh, oh, and we had um, – I forgot all even about the – for an appetizer, we got um, pepper shooters. Now, you figure pepper shooters, all right, you know, you're going to get the pepper and stuff with the cheese and the prosciutto and all. It, it's going to be your average prosciutto. These were the fucking best pepper shooters I ever had in my life. And my after I <laughs> ate the first one, Jess was like, she's looking at me. I'm, it was like an orgasm. It was orgasmic how good this thing was. And then she tried it. And she was like, oh, my God. It was the best fucking pepper shooter ever, ever. So if you go to Pika's on Westchester Pike, they just actually opened a second location out in Westchester. But if you're in the heart of Upper Darby and you go to Pika's on Westchester Pike, get the fucking pepper shooters. You won't be disappointed. Now, see, I'm surprised to hear that you eat at another Italian restaurant other than that mafia one. Did you see my status earlier? Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, that's funny, dude. Yeah, well, it's funny because – well, actually, we were there last week for uh, – um, I took just there Friday night, just me and her. Now, here's the difference, like between the two, like, and it comes it comes down to price. Now, we went there on Friday night, last Friday night, me and Jess, just the two of us. Uh, we had for an appetizer, we had crab cake balls and their sausage meatball. Then we had, uh, you know, salad comes with your meal, so we had salad each. And then for our meal, I had the crab ragu, which is just a, a, a boatload of crab meat mixed in with spaghetti, and it's just out of this fucking world. And she had another seafood dish, like a seafood with macaroni type dish. Um, it's BYOB. And then we, we took dessert home. And, but we got four desserts. We got two cannolis for the girls and... Me and her both got a dessert, and the bill at the end of the night was like a hundred and thirty dollars between the between the two of us. Now we went to Pika's on Monday, the four of us. Okay. And Rita and Marissa had ravioli and meatballs. Uh, we had the pepper shooter um, appetizer. Uh, the girls had wedding soup instead of salad. Me and Jess had salad, and I had my uh, my Italian surf and turf, and Jess had, I forget what she had. And we had some, uh, between the two of us, six, six beers, and our bill came out to altogether, I think, $70, dollars Oh, wow. So, I mean, that's the difference right there. Yeah, and, and that is a significant difference, especially when you add in tip and all that. You know what I mean? Right. Right. And and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't get me wrong; I'm not complaining either way. Like you walk when you walk out of kitchen consigliere, like you're not walking. You're 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 rumbling, bumbling, stumbling <laughs> in the car because <laughs> you you just ate a lot of fucking food and you can just curl up into a ball and go to bed on the floor in there. 
see, that's just a, that's just wonderful. Skinny people, you'll never know that feeling. <laughs> oh wait, is is this the place? The pictures Nick just sent is this tech real? Oh yeah, yeah. You'll see even the sign out front uh, over three fifty e free. Oh, that's so great. It's got the menu. I put up a picture of the menu just so you can see what the um. They got a pack of Lucky Strikes on the wall. That's a poster. Like, yeah. What the hell? <laughs> now, dude, that place looks, wait, is that like in a mall or something? It looks enormous. It's like uh, where the casinos are, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Now hiring hot nurses. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Like everything's deep fried in lard and the shakes are butter fat shakes. Like yeah, and the I, the only I think the only beer they serve is tap. Like they went all out with their design. <laughs> Too funny. Like my, my freaking messenger is blowing up. It is really. Yeah, you can hear it. You hear it go bing, bing, bing. Yeah, it's it's like blowing up. Yell at them. <laughs> it's probably all stupid shit. They need an on air lecture. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, it's all, um, stupid. It's all stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, did did uh so did either I'm guessing Genetti didn't, but did you guys watch Arrow uh last night? Yeah, buddy, I'm all caught up. <laughs> that means Janetti yeah, hasn't seen it. Yeah, not even close. So good. Janetti's like a whole season behind. <laughs> I, I do, really. I am. Honest to God. You know what? It's sad. I mean, there. I have at least 200 unwatched episodes of everything on the DBR. <laughs> Oh, I actually wow. did have a chance to, to watch uh, X-Men Apocalypse the other night. <laughs> it was the only <laughs> But, yeah, I got all sorts of shit on there. So, oh, that's I am caught up, actually, on the Outsiders, though. I'm not going to care. But either way. <laughs> when I hear that, I just think of the movie. No, no. Yeah, it's a program on uh, WGN, uh, Mountain People. Which is scary because I, 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 you know, there's some people that I've met in Virginia like that. So, what was your question, Bay? What'd you think of Arrow? Hmm. I, I'm a little confused by the whole thing, like. The person who was behind it all, like, why didn't they just, you know what I'm saying? Why, why didn't they just go after Oliver? You know what I mean? Like, this, it all seems like way too much work. It does. It seems like a lot of work. And honestly, like, 
when they unveiled uh, Prometheus to be what's his name, I was very disappointed. I was hoping on something better. Yeah. Um, but the angle they're able to spin to where they're working in the same office together and all that, it just, I thought it was just so awesome and intense. And uh, next week's episode looks like it's going to be really fucking good. No, it is because it does make for like interesting uh, TV. You know what I mean? Like how he can't like it, you're you're just waiting for Oliver to kick his ass. You know what I mean? Like right. <laughs> but uh, like he, he, the dude couldn't beat him in hand to hand. He turned out not to be as smart as Oliver. Like so, why didn't his boss just go after him? And then how come at the beginning of the episode? She was just casually giving up information. Yeah, like you knew she was behind it at some point. Yeah, but now I pose an interesting question to you. She keeps going on about how family is important, right? And, you know, he took away whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, but he's family, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, technically, technically he is, right? And if she doesn't yeah. know that, like, that could come as a blow. You know what I mean? Like, personally, I'm, I don't think that that person is dead to begin with, so. Yeah, you've said that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh,. It's good TV. I can pretty much do all without everything that has to do with Felicity. That whole thing is just stupid. Like, she she's just... She, Felicity has officially jumped the shark on the show. I like Curtis's Chief Spears. They're pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, I definitely would like... Uh... <laughs> I think Curtis is funny. Too funny. But uh, hang on a sec. We actually got... We got a... Buddy calling in. Let's welcome to the show drummer extraordinaire from the band Far Cry, who I saw the other night who rocked the house at the block. Let's welcome Mr. Donnie Perron. What's going on there, buddy? What's up, chap? How you been, brother? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming out and rocking the show. Absolutely. I didn't rock the show. I just rocked along with you. You did the rocking. That was your first time seeing a Far Cry show. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's good stuff, man. Really good. So, so I, I, I guess you dug how we opened up with YMT, right? That was a little unexpected. I, I was not we, expecting we, it at all. We don't usually do covers, and it just so happens that they had a member die the same uh, same weekend that we did it. So it just kind right. of worked out like it was kind of like a tribute in a sense. It, it's funny because my wife was like, do they do covers or are they original? I'm like, no, they're original. And you start out with Y&T, and I'm like, all right, well, maybe they do covers too. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have done a couple covers on the albums. Uh, with I, I believe a meatloaf cover was on. Well, actually, it was a meatloaf. I don't know who did. Uh, it was in the it was in the movie Streets of Fire or something like that. One of the songs. Uh, I don't remember what it is, but um, and then we did uh, a cover of another song. It's a like a fifties classic. What is the name of that song? I can't remember the names of the songs. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I can't. Hold on, let me check my iTunes real quick. I'll tell you the names of the, phones, uh, the ones that we did. Oh, but 
Ball's got to be nowhere fast, right? Yeah, nowhere fast. That's it. That's a good one. Yeah. You you got that. Yeah. So there's a version of that, and then the other one is uh, Love at First Sight. Do you know who did that one? Oh. oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember the original artist of that either. But uh, they were on one was on uh, one was on the Optimism album. The other one was on the what is the other, the name of the album? Oh, high, in high gear. So they were uh, they were the covers that were were done on the albums, and we're working on a song that's uh, we're not sure if we're going to actually record it in the studio, but it's another '80s hit, and it's uh, kind of like a pop song. But I don't think that we're I, I don't think we need to announce it yet because we're not sure if we're going to put it on the on the album. But it's not a song that you would think that a rock band would do. Nice, uh, I, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so so it was a good it was a good show at the uh, you know mm-hmm. us and T's slash Rough House and Dog by Mighty and uh, yeah, you know it's, it's a cool venue. Awesome. Yeah, but you've been there a couple of shows, so dude, I'll tell you what that is, and I tell everybody that asks me like that is the best venue in the city to play. Now I haven't well, I haven't been down to the OVCW arena yet. I'm dying to see what that setup's like. You gotta you gotta come down to the twenty three hundred arena because we've got okay. something special there for you because you know we're uh, we have this thing called uh, Music Matters Multimedia Productions and stuff like that we're mm-hmm. doing uh, bringing in national acts and stuff so we're we're looking to build the Philadelphia music scene back up and uh, we'll do it one show at a time but the arena definitely has uh, has some good it has a good stage there's two rooms there actually one is a smaller bar area, which will have John Karabi from Motley Crue uh, there next week with Mark right. Adams of Heaven's Edge. So that's going to be a good show. They're going to be doing acoustically. And then, uh, yeah, so uh, so you can get the tickets online for that. So it's a 2300 Arena <clears throat> website. You can go right on the website to get the tickets? Yeah, you can go right on the 2300 Arena website and get tickets for that. The tickets are pretty cheap. It's it's uh, www.2300arena.com for the tickets. And it'll be a ticket link on there. And uh, there's a discount when you purchase online instead of at the door. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that'll that'll be that'll be a cool show. You should definitely come out. I tell you what, I was I I was trying to keep because we're live every Thursday night at that time, and I was trying to keep it open. And then I got a, I got the call the other night um, to have Ralph Mouth back on the show next week to promote his new album. I was like, uh, I don't want to let Ralph Mouth down. And then he emailed me. He's like, dude, are we going to do the 23rd? He goes, uh, you know, I, I can do the 23rd. I'm like, uh, all right, yeah, I'll do it. So yeah, well, you, you should you should come out this weekend. The uh, the 18th this? we have we have Whiskey Grin, uh, Stone and Hammer Down playing inside the uh, the arena bar. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's the Saturday. So, show some, you know, some shows will be Thursday nights, and then uh, almost every Saturday night there's a show at the twenty three hundred Arena Bar. And then you know, of course, they do the uh, the wrestling and all that stuff, the MMA wrestling. We just did arm wrestling yep. there two weeks ago. So yeah, it was, that's yeah. my old rounds back uh, twenty years ago with the old ECW days. Oh yeah, the old ECW break out of chairs, smack somebody in the face with it. 
Yeah, that, that was my old yeah. stuff. They still do that. They still yep. do it. I'll tell you what, though, that place looks uh, it looks like Taj Mahal now compared to what it did uh, 20 years ago. Oh, inside 2300? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the renovations are beautiful. Roger does a great job in that place. You know, so yeah. we're bringing uh, – the bar is new, you know, with the bar side. Mm-hmm. So uh, so it, it just opened up uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, on the – you know, and uh, we're looking to bring bands in and give the people uh, – Real venues to play, not into some dive bars. Give them, you know. Well, you saw the uh, the setup at Harris, the block. That's, yeah. Uh, that's a nice. That's a nice place for bands to showcase themselves. You know, and right. uh, look, and be professional. Have a nice stage set up. Have a nice crowd response. You know, and then uh, the twenty three hundred arena offers the same same type of of setup. You know, we have the arena side for the bigger shows, and we have the bar side for the you know more local shows. Nice. But if there's any any bands out there that want to, that can bring us a couple hundred people, they can play on the arena side stage, and that holds fourteen hundred. So that's a little bit bigger of a venue than uh, than Harris even. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the I, arena holds. Harris holds nine hundred. I saw the New York the Dolls playing like ten years ago. Oh, inside the arena. Yeah. 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 That's a nice stage. Yeah, Pat Travers was there over the summer. Right. And, uh, so we're looking to bring some big shows back to the East Coast. You know, because we had Faster Pussycat and we had uh, Dizzy Reed at Harris. Yep. Um, back, back in November and, and December. So uh, so we're looking to bring a, to build up the scene. Cool. You know? So between you guys building up the scene and, and us building up the scene, Philly's going to be back on the map. If I can do my, if I can do what I can do, then we can do it, you know. Because I'm originally from this area, you know that. And then, right. Uh, and I haven't been back this way in a long, long time. But now that I'm back, uh, I, I met with a lot of my friends, and we're uh, we're looking to bring Philadelphia back to the back to the map. Might not quite be like it was in the '80s for all of us, but we can do our best to try, you know. Right. And then. Uh, so, so did you dig the Far Cry stuff? I did, I did. I mean, nice. it was good stuff. Great musicianship. It was, it was good, man. It was really, really good. Crowd dug it too. Nice. Yeah, that that was our first time playing in Philadelphia ever, I believe ever. And then, uh, yeah, I in a while, or I felt like it was a whole new thing recently. Well, what's that, Far Cry? Yeah, Far Far Cry has been around for uh, a few years. And it's gone through member change. I've only been a member of Far Cry for over a year, or just about a year now. I okay. bought my bass player for my New York band in the Far Cry as well. Um, okay. So the band is pretty scattered all throughout, like, the whole East Coast. There's two of us in Pennsylvania now, one in Staten Island, one in North Jersey, one in Massachusetts. And then uh, uh, Eric Ragno, he plays uh, keyboards on some of the stuff. He plays in London right now. You know the band London? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Eric does uh Eric does our tracks and stuff like that. He's done some shows with Far Cry in the past. But uh we don't know what's you know, what the future holds because he's pretty busy playing in London and playing with Joe Lynn Turner and everybody else. Uh so okay. we we do what we can do, 
as far as rehearsals and all that stuff. You know, most of the time there's only four of us at rehearsals, and then every once a month it's five of us at a rehearsal up in North Jersey or wherever we have to go. You know, but that's how we handle things. Well, it's working. And, and then yeah. you guys are you guys are taking on a little M3 pre-show I saw coming up next month? Yeah, that's sold out, which works a surprise. It's, it's sold out. Um, so that's going to be a, a cool little thing. So we figured we would throw the Philly in just as a test run. Because this band, the band that you saw, has that was our first show ever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so uh, that's only been that's only been a few few rehearsals in the uh, in the mix to get us there on that stage. So we figure uh, go in throw a throw a, a one shot in, and then in uh, for Maryland, I think we're playing for like an hour and. 15 minutes or something like that. We're we're doing a full blown set in Maryland. Awesome. So that that'll be pretty cool. And it'll be an M3 weekend. That's pretty cool. So you'll you'll have all the 80s 80s rockers there. It'll be a good time. But, Very good. Oh yeah, definitely. No, definitely. So and then we saw you at Southfest. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be bringing the Southfest back as well. You know, we do that every year. So now that, uh, I mean, that's like... a huge thing you got going on there with the Southfest. I mean, um, it, it actually just it works in kind of good with tonight's show between um, the guy we got coming up in the second hour at 10 o'clock. Um, it's a guy who actually tried to commit suicide. And, oh, wow. Uh, and you, you probably don't know, I've discussed this a lot on the show and in my, my own personal life, I, I do suffer from depression i'm on medication i see this shrink every week and um i actually had a was very close to suicide i had a complete breakdown like three years ago um so what you're doing is an amazing thing thank you and i'm glad you i'm glad you're still here you know uh, because that's our, our mission to save the people that uh that are in that band of, of a spot you know and we have helped a lot of people and and uh i'm grateful to be able to use music to put the message out there that we do to uh, spread suicide awareness. It's uh, it's a huge deal to me, um, you know, to, to help people. And if I can get back to music, that's what I do. And I try to try to do everything I can to help people who are in a bad way. Yeah. You know, and then uh, Wendy and Alan, of course, who went through the tragedy, and then uh, Nico McBrain was there the first time, helped us out. You know, right. Um, so, and he does a lot of things behind the scenes for us, and you never know when he's going to pop in through the door. <laughs> you never know. You know, at this last half fest, his son was there, right, uh, and performed. You know, which was kind of cool that Nicholas came on stage. You know, was able to come and see what we do at side fest. So, yeah. yeah so, you know, and and of course, side fest is the reason why T's got back together. Absolutely. As they stated on your show last week, right? So it does more than just save people. It brings bands back together as well. There you go. Now, when will yeah, we meet the you, next, I guess, be uh, September, October of uh, 2017? We usually have it um, the second week of October because usually my suicide walks are the first week of October. So okay. we usually have it one week after. So I can go and do my talks at the walk and then get some of the people, uh, you know, survivors from the walk come to attend the show for free. So, oh, nice. 
Yeah, so I always allow the survivors um, and family members into the South Fest for free, always. If they tell oh, yeah. me they were to walk, boom, they come in, you know, because that's my way. Those people are the ones that uh, <clears throat> also help talk to other people who are in bad situations, and they live that life, you know. And sure. it's not it's not just about the music. It's about the message. And that's all the bands who are involved in Southfest who perform on the stage are heavily vetted. And we make make sure that they uh, they understand the message. And you saw at this last one, a few band members spoke about their battles with suicide and depression and everything. Yeah. You know, and that's what it's about, to open it up, open up discussion, because... It's the silent killer, and the more you talk about it, the less it'll happen. I'll tell you what. I, when I was preparing for this interview tonight with uh, with our guest later on, um, my whole thing, like, it, like the whole, it was crazy. Like I was going through a whole thing at the time, but the thing that was really, and it's scary as it sounds, was the Metallica song "Fade to Black." I was literally, I was driving home, and. That song came on uh, on uh, whatever it was, uh, Ozzy's Boneyard or whatever I was listening to, and the words just were speaking to me so much, and it was just like I literally had to pull off to the side of the road and just complete breakdown, like lost it, like was there, was was, was it, it was just a mess. I've never been in a situation like that before, and I hope either myself or nobody has to experience something like that. It was just it was horrible. No, it is a horrible way to be, you know, and a horrible place to be in the dark like that all the time. Um, you know, and I learned through through the survivors that uh, a lot of them just want somebody to listen. And the thing about it is they won't just speak about it. You have to get to, to understand them, get to know them, and then they want somebody that will listen. And they want somebody who will, will basically help them get through by listening because if you don't have somebody to talk to, you know, and that's a lot of problem. Like even with these young kids, a lot of, a lot of kids today are living in a house where both parents are out at work. Nobody's really home during the daytime. So they're, they're kind of alone. They're sitting, wasting their time playing video games or whatever. And they don't have any outlets like we do as kids. You know, you don't see the kids playing out in the streets and stuff like that when we, like we did when we were kids and everything. You know, so it's it's a different time and a different place. And even these kids, they're text messaging. They're not talking to people. They're text messaging. That's not being vocal, and that's not the right channels, you know. It's, it's, communication has kind of lost its wayside to, to, to technology. And it, it kind of, you know, and that hurts people, you know. That, that's my thoughts on that whole entire thing, but I, I think that I'm on to something, you know. I totally agree. It, well, it is. Uh, the weird world now. Yeah, the, the whole world. Like, even the shows. Just, for instance, shows in America. People stand with their cell phones most of the time, and they're they're looking at their, their back of their screen instead of looking at the shows. When you play in, in Europe, those people don't have their, te- their phones out. They're enjoying the show. Right. You know, it's, I think America's culture is just tied to technology and... We're getting more stupid because of that. It, we truly are. I mean, we're getting more stupid. We don't have I'm a normal crazy. life. Believe me, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. I, I look at the world as totally changed. Just 
everybody's face is always in a phone, like in a phone. You know, it's 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 nuts. Go out and breathe some air. <clears throat> Go to a rock show and have some fun. You know, we perform on stage for you to have fun, not for you to take pictures of us. We have professional pe- people that are taking pictures so we can look at the good <laughs> pictures, not the bad ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right on. Right on. You know? But, uh, but yeah, it's, it, there's a lot of things in today's world that have totally changed. The music world has changed. Everything has changed. And I would like to have 1984 or 85 back, just like you probably would. Yeah, totally. You know? Totally. So I'm trying and, to bring nineteen eighty eighty four or five eighty five back to the stage. You know, I'll tell you uh, what. Back some, to songs, the... some songs I hear uh, that do pull me back for those three to four minutes. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean that that's that's a you know being a musician almost all my life. There's even songs that that take me back, you know, and I, I can listen to a song and say, wow, I can remember exactly what I did the first time I ever heard this, you know, and mm-hmm. just like, just like, you know, we were, you no know, Randy Rhodes is coming up this weekend. I'm a huge right. fan of Randy Rhodes. I, I have visited his gravesite many times. I, Randy Rhodes is my biggest musical inspiration ever. And I'm a drummer, <laughs> you know, but, uh, it, it's always sad, but I can remember exactly where I was when it happened. I can remember exactly how I was told it happened. You know, like, it was just insane. So things like that do stick in your head, and it's always musically related, in a sense. Yep. You know? But good things do come out of music, and whether it's a fault about somebody, and you know, like, say, a family member who passed, or somebody you don't even know yet. You know? You always... Music is one of those things that will always just enlighten you or make you feel totally like shit. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, but uh, what, what's the name? Let's uh, let's get all those plugs out real quick before because uh, Danny's gonna be calling in in a few minutes. So let's uh, let's get the plugs out for the the show with Karabi and all, and uh, everything else. So fire away, my friend. All right, so we have uh, Whiskey Grin, we have Stone, and we have Hammerdown at the twenty three hundred Arena, March eighteenth. Doors open at seven. Uh, next week we have we have John Karabi and Mark Evans from Heaven's Edge on a Thursday night, March 23rd. You can buy the tickets at the 2300 Arena website. So if you can just search 2300 Arena website, you know um, you can buy your tickets online there. Um, and it, they have a box office, so you can get tickets at the door as well. So that's what we have for shows for the next two weeks. Uh, coming up, but I will forward you uh, plenty of the other shows that are coming. Oh, cool. Uh, you know, and then, of course, Far Cry will be at M3 pre-party, pre but that's sold out, so you guys can't come, unfortunately. Uh, how about and, uh, 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 social media and all that? Let's get that out there. What's that? The uh, social media for Far Cry, so everybody can follow you guys? Uh, I, I believe it is Far Cry, the band. I believe that's the website for Far Cry. Because there are many other things, the video games for Far Cry and whatever and all that stuff. But I believe it's Far Cry The Band on Facebook. Um, and then we're on Reverb Nation as well on iTunes, all that stuff. And then next week, oh, also April 7th at Harris, we have a tribute show. 
the lo- la- the local the the local and loud show or loud and local show fire your guns was it which is ACDC tribute we have live evil which is a do tribute uh, Rev- revolution eighties which is a mix of the eighties and then we have the after image which is a rush tribute band that sounds amazing. <laughs> And then uh, tickets will be available at the doors for that show as well. Nice. That's April 7th at Harris. So, so once again, it's nice talking to you, brother. I know you've got you some, some, some other guys to come talk to you on the air. And I'm going <laughs> to finish eating my pizza steak because I got hungry while you guys were all talking about food. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Rub it in. A bunch of fat guys here and you're eating a steak. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> hey, Appreciate it. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a nice, thin, fit drummer. So I'm I'm allowed to eat this stuff. So have a good one, brother. You too, man. All right. Thanks for the time, man. Thank you. Don Perrant, drummer extraordinaire from the the local band out here in the Philadelphia area, Far Cry. Just saw them the other night at uh, Harris at the Block, which, uh, like I said, and he said, the Block is a great place. And also uh, make sure you check out the new, which is turning into a local rock club. The 2300 Arena, the old ECW Arena, down around the corner from Tony Luke's. So make sure if you go there, go stop by Tony Luke's and say hello. But do that. Let's welcome. I am so fucking psyched for this. I was so excited two years ago when we did this. I'm even more excited now. And speaking of rock clubs, this guy runs the best rock club in the fucking country right now. Let's welcome <laughs> to the- <laughs> There's that man. The man, the myth, the fucking legend, the (laughs) king, Danny Coker. What's going on, buddy? What is happening, my man? How is life? (laughs) Dude, when I'm talking to you, life just gets a little bit better. (laughs) Amen, brother. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on again, brother. It's been way too long. You know what? It has. It's been over two years, which is a scary thought. It's been way too long, man. I thought you didn't love me anymore. I didn't know, man. Uh, you know what? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to bring you back in time because, you know, you recorded an ID for us that night, and we play it constantly. And every time I play it, like, we all just crack up because it's still so funny. So let me refresh your memory of this. Yeah, man. Let me hear this. Hey, everybody. This is a count from Counting Cars, and you're watching. No, you're not watching. You're fucking listening. What the fuck? What's this thing about? Take two. Take two. Take Hey, everybody, this is the Count from Counting Cars on History, and you're listening to Totally Driven Radio. Turn it up, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm so proud. <laughs> unbelievable. Unbelievable. What's going on, Jet? Man, what's happening? What's going on out there? What are you doing? What's happening? What's the story? Uh, hey, you know what? I was talking to a, talking to a buddy of yours uh, like two weeks ago who uh, actually – one of his cars. Me. Oh, no, 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 it's good. It's good. He was actually on the show, and I yeah. said to him, I said, no, man, uh, are, are you going to get any more cars done by Danny? He's like, no, just the one. I don't have room for more cars. I drive my truck mostly. George Lynch. Who is it? Who are you talking to? George Lynch. Who? George Lynch from Doc. Oh, oh, my brother George. Oh, my gosh. I love George, man. That's that's. <laughs> he's a total gentleman, that cat right there. I absolutely love him, and, and obviously... He's George Lynch. What can you say about his skills besides wow? But uh, uh, he's yeah, he's got an amazing Riviera we did for him, an old school, old school Rivy that's just beautiful. I think it was a '63, gorgeous car, gorgeous car. 
great yeah. guy too, man. Great guy. He, uh, matter of fact, he, uh, uh, he jammed with us that night. We, uh, we, we did a thing up at, up at my club, up at Vamped. And, um, that's where we gave him the cars. We, we, we revealed the car to him there. And then, uh, my, myself and my boys from, uh, count 77, we all got together and played and, uh, and George came up and played with us. We did some, we did some, uh, some lynch mob stuff, some '77 stuff, some docking stuff. We had a ball together. He's, he's, he's just a great guy. Now, dude, what, what's up? Like, I mean, seriously, like, no bullshit here. Like, all right, we know you're the count. You're Danny Coker. You're, you're like the mayor of Vegas out there. You got all this stuff going on. But still, when you get up on that stage, all right, you got your band. You got Count '77. But yeah. when you get to turn. Like over your shoulder and see somebody with like a George Lynch staring at stage for you. Like it, it's it's very uh, it's very sobering. It's very humbling. It's very uh, it's very and, and honestly it's intimidating. I mean you know I I've uh, I, I've I've done three things my whole life which which people are discovering that music is a part of it. But it's been motorcycles, cars, and music. And uh, but you know I stepped off of music for probably. Good Lord, 15, 18 years, and uh, and so you know, getting back in it here over the last, I'm going to say six, six or seven years now, maybe, maybe the last seven years now, we've been we've been we've been back at it, uh, you know, you get, getting getting your chops back, getting your stuff back, um, it, it it takes a little bit, especially you know, I'm not a kid, but uh, you find yourself on stage with some of these guys that are just you know legendary. And you kind of have those surreal moments, man, where it just dawns on you, holy crap, man, I'm up, I'm up here rocking out with George Lynch. And, uh, you know, Frank Hannon was another one. You know, Frank Hannon came and, uh, and just wanted to, wanted to jam with us. And, uh, you know, on stage with Frank, and it's like, it's a surreal moment. Had, had a great one, and this is, this is, this is really reaching, reaching back. So for, for those of you that are listening, I'm speaking to uh, the – the, uh, the 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 folks that are in in my age group, so to speak, but um, Robin Robbins, who is the original keyboard player and organ organ player for uh, Bob Seger Silver Bullet Band, which you know that that B three uh, is legendary in in all of those old uh, Bob Seger tracks. Uh, Robin Robbins turns out he's a huge fan of the band. He's a huge fan of Count Seventy Seven, and 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 he digs it. So I'm going to say it was probably. It's got to be two, maybe three years ago or something. We we were up in uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we were we were playing a show up there, and we got a phone call uh, from the promoter that Robin Robbins called because he he's got a place up in that area and he's got a place in Nashville, and he happened to be up in Michigan, and I guess I guess he got a hold of the promoter and said, bro, he goes, I I, I want to come jam with with these guys from Count Seventy Seven. You're you're kidding me. So I mean, to me, stuff like that is huge. So. Robin's become a, a dear friend like George and Frank and stuff like that. But now, whenever we're, whenever, I'm going to say Robin Robbins has joined us on stage at least four times now. If we're in the general vicinity of wherever we're playing, if Robin's in the area, he comes and plays with us. So, you know, times like that, moments like that for me, just, just knock me back. I, I, I have, I have surreal moments on the stage all the time, uh, you know, it was, it was my father that 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 got me into music as as a young man, and 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 he and I did music together, and uh, um, you know, I, I I lost him in 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 '08. So there are there are moments on the stage in almost every show where I have I have a moment where where I'm with my dad again, 
and it's phenomenal. And then there there are there are other times on the stage where we're jamming with somebody that is a huge name in the industry who's just having the time of their life because they're we're we're, we're playing old school, real in your face rock and roll, and they're having a ball. So that's a very long answer to to a short question, brother. But um, yeah, man, I have those moments where where you where you're on stage with somebody and you're like, you're kidding me, brother. My 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 keyboard player, Tommy Paris. Okay, he's he's uh, he's back there playing the B3. He's back there playing the keyboards and he's back there doing backup vocals. Well, Tommy Paris is you know Britney Fox singer player. Tommy's Tommy's one of those one of those freaks that that plays everything. He plays you know drums and guitar and keyboards. He can sing anything. So you know I I have I have times where I I know I'm up there singing with Tommy Paris and and it blows me away. So you know I'm a, a, a lot like getting to work on these cool cars, getting to build these cool bikes. I get the opportunity to rock out with cool people. It's it is a uh, it's a special time, man. It's a special moment. How's that for a really long, drawn-out, long-winded answer? <laughs> it's, a, it's beautiful. And actually, you know what? I didn't even realize, like, uh, when, when Tommy, because uh, he's late comer to the band, correct? Uh, yeah, Tommy, because originally the band was five of us. So the first record, the, 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 de- the debut record, Count 77, a self-titled record, was just uh, the five of us. And uh, we had no keyboards. We had we had no no real serious backup vocals and things like that on it. Um, when we uh, we brought Tommy in uh, when we were cutting the first record because we kind of wanted to fill in you know some of the spaces underneath with 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 some just just some low lying uh, keyboards and uh, and some and and throwing some backup vocals. And so Tommy uh, participated. Um, not as a member of the band, but he participated on the first record. <clears throat> After that happened, we really, we really fell in love with Tommy. He's a great guy, and so uh, we offered him a, a spot. We're like, dude, do, w- w- do you want to do this with us? And and he just he jumped right in. He loved it. So we got to touring then off of the first record with now six guys. And short shortly into the tour, we were like, you know, Tommy, do you want to just officially become the sixth member to, uh, of this band and and uh you know he he jumped at it and so Tommy's been with us you know ever since so now the second record after we toured all over the place with the first record and we were writing and uh and and, and getting the second record ready you know Tommy was very much an integral part of it so now you know they're they and, and Tommy's been with us you know we we always refer to him as as the the newest member but you know he's been with us a few years now so uh well at least been with us it's got to be at least two years now, a little over two years now. Tommy's been officially a part of the band, and and he's just phenomenal. Tommy's Tommy's great, man. Everybody in the band is is, uh, I mean, still to this day, man. I mean, the band's got to be going on six or seven years old now, and uh, we all get along still like brothers. We all travel well, play well, uh, rehearse well, hang out together. It's it, there's there's no issues, man. We're 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 a tight tight solid group yeah when I, when I started seeing pictures of him pop up in the pictures and all, i was like oh damn tommy's there i didn't realize he even played keyboards <laughs> oh dude he's amazing he's amazing i it, it, and we don't want to stop we're 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 the guys that uh after the show if uh i mean you can you can find us in in in, in some of these it's hilarious that so we were we were in detroit uh which is my city we were we were up in detroit and uh we were staying at the at the Renaissance the Renaissance Center there right 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 across the street from Kobo. 
and uh, after the show, it's like, you know, back to the room, take a shower, we're going to go find something to eat. But there's a grand piano sitting in the lobby outside of the bar down there. So, you know, we're the type of guys, we don't, we don't stop. So here's Tommy and I sitting out at the grand piano playing and singing. And next thing you know, there's like 50 people around the piano just having a ball. And, and, and we just have so much fun together. We just, we just, we don't want to stop. We love to play. We love it. We have, we just, and he, and he's a great guy, fun guy to travel with, man. Now you brought up something earlier and it was something I actually, I I wanted to to touch on it all. And now from, from seeing like episodes of counting cars, especially um, the, the one episode where I think it was, either your mom's car or it's a car that's like your mother's that reminds you of you. You can see you're an emotional guy. And, and it was making me think like, and you said how your, your father was uh, you know, a musical influence on you. And I'm guessing you, you guys actually performed together. You said now. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and this is, this is really, in all honesty, this is not an easy subject for me. Cause I, 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 I have a hard time getting, getting past this, but, uh, you know, uh, my father, uh, musician, uh, again, one of those types of guys that could play anything that could sing anything, uh, uh, arrange anything, write things. I mean, he, he, he was, he was one of those guys and, uh, he brought me up in music and I, I grew up in, uh, in gospel music and it was Southern gospel and black gospel music. That was, that was, you know, out, out of Detroit. And, uh, and that's what I did. And so, um, that's what I grew up in, and then, and then, uh, uh, as I got old enough, you know, I joined uh, the group that 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 he was in. I traveled around the world singing singing gospel music all over the place, and uh, and and it was with my father, and it was phenomenal. And so, you know, uh, losing him was was, and and he was also very instrumental in getting me involved in in, in cars and bikes and everything. It, pro- probably right. the biggest influence in my life was 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 my dad. And so, you know, losing him in '08 was was really really brutal to me, and 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 still to this day, I. I can't, I can't seem to get around it. It, it, it haunts me constantly. But um, doing music again, uh, it feeds my soul, and it allows me to to have that connection with them again. And I, I gotta give, I gotta give, um, I gotta give my my my, my band a lot of credit. Um, uh, John Zito, uh, guitarist mm-hmm. in the band, you know, he was he was one who found out that I used to do music. And uh, he hosts uh, a weekly jam night at at my club, and uh, when he and this was again years ago, and when he found out that, uh, that 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 I used to do that, you know, he he dragged me up there and got me up there, and uh, and got me doing it again, and and it felt pretty darn good, and so you know I, I like to give John Zito credit for uh, for uh, for dusting that off for me and making making me get back into it again, and uh, and then taking it another step further. Uh, after Count 77 actually became a band and started started to do things, we were fortunate enough to have Mike Varney from Shrapnel Records to uh, to come to one of our shows, fall in love with the band, sign us up to, to to a record contract, and and so you know Varney is is the cat who uh, who I credit uh, for for helping develop us and push us and. Um, uh, make us a better band, get us to the next level. But going into the studio was uh, very unusual for me because I, I had done that with my father all the time, been in the studio and worked with him in the studio. So without him there, it was very bizarre. I, I want to I send a huge props to Mike Varney for being a, a producer in the studio that makes you feel so comfortable 
that that you're safe. You can you can right. feel free to make mistakes. Feel free to just absolutely suck ass if you want to. And and we're gonna laugh about it, and we're gonna fix it, and we're gonna move on, and and we're gonna make it great. And um, uh, those 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 are those are very important people in my life that uh, that help bring help bring me back out and 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 doing and doing music again. And and all the guys in my band. Oh my gosh, man! Working working with Stony Curtis, who is just amazing. Uh, him and I have a ball out on stage together. You know, him on lead guitar, myself on lead vocals. We're having we're having a, we're having a ball. But the entire band. I mean, you get you get Tommy Paris, Stony Curtis, John Zito, Paul DeCibio, Barry Barnes, and 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 myself. And so the six of us are just we're having the time of our lives when we're playing, brother. It's it's great. And the new record, I can't tell you enough. I mean, I know this sounds, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to come across as that guy that's like, you know, patting ourselves on the back, but we're really proud of this record. Uh, we worked very, very hard on it. Uh, all of the songs we worked, we worked really hard on the songs. There's a, there's, in my opinion, there's a lot of great music. If, if, if you're into, uh, old school rock and roll, that's, that's, that's a little bit on the harder side. It's like a little bit harder rock. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's for real. Um, some some people have have called it hard rock music. Uh, others have referred to some of the tracks as as, as borderline heavy metal. Uh, there is also you know some uh, some really good blues on it as well, and uh, and some good boogie woogie music as well. So it, it's just it's it, and and just old school Americana rock and roll. The, the 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 record's got a lot of variety to it. Have you listened to the record? I of course I've listened to the record. You darn well I, better have listened to the record. I don't know. <laughs> And and you can see how old I am because I call it a record. But anyways, <laughs> oh I do too. It's always going to be a record. It's always going to be an album. I don't care. Darn right. Um, but you know what? This one's a lot more blues. I think there there is yeah there's well you know there's there's it, we're you know we're we're blues rock driven. Uh, so you know but but you know so was Led Zeppelin. I mean Led Zeppelin's a blues band, but they're but they're but they're hard rock. So, so there's there's a lot of hard rock blues, uh, underlying blues in this record as well. Absolutely, I mean, you, and and then of course you know this straight up blues song like you know the evil you could do is 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 just straight up blues, uh, Sun right. City Boogeyman. You know, it's it's that's boogie woogie rock blues. But uh, you know, there's 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 a lot of uh, oh man, there's there's a lot there's a lot of blues driven, underlying in 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 some of this hard rock stuff. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, that evil you can do. That's one of the songs I actually have written down that stood out. And I was like, that tune is just like a tune to chill out and just relax to. Like it's Amen. A, yeah, just a <laughs> very relaxing song, man. I appreciate it. it. It's 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 a it's a it's a fun song, and we've uh, you know we're 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 touring all over the place right now, and and. When it comes time to do that, uh, evil you could do. It's it's so much fun because it's completely different. Most of the uh, most of the music that we're doing is very much in your face, hard, you know, hard driving music, and uh, and then and then we 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 just we just take it down to a a nice simmer and hit everybody with evil you can do, and they 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 love it. Pe- people are having a good time at our shows. I mean, you know, and, and we and we still do our shows. Old school '70s style, man. You're going to be there for a couple of hours. You know, we're not we're not a band that comes out and plays for 45 minutes or an hour or an hour and 15 or something. You're going to, you're going to be you're going to be rocking out for at least a couple hours with us. So we we have we have a ball out on stage. 
Now, how about uh, another tune that's put out, uh, Low Baller, which I thought was <laughs> took me yeah, totally deep purple. Oh, big time. It's a very, it's, it's, thank you. I appreciate that. It's very, it's got, you know what? That's true. It's got, it's got uh, a, a very much a deep purple vibe to it, man, which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's, again, hard drive and hard rock in your face, but there's a lot of underlying blues in it, even though it's, it's, uh, it's not slow. It's, it's up there. It's moving. Absolutely. You know, we now, just uh, we just uh, we just put out our first music video as well, which is uh, the summer of '77 um, uh, music video. So, uh, and that's been getting that's been getting uh, just just great response from everybody all over the place. So, I mean, the record the record tells a story. If you if you if you if 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 you get into the tracks and you start listening to the lyrics and uh, and start following along the whole record tells a story from beginning to end and it's it's uh it mean it means a lot yeah, this this record i i would have to say was written oh you know on the road when we were when we were just traveling all over the place and you know you're either sitting on an airplane or you're 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 sitting in a bus or you're you're sitting in a hotel room and uh and um you know stories and thoughts and memories all 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 come back and uh, you know, I'm one of those guys where I, I can't sit still for very long, and uh, and and uh, sitting alone and being quiet for very long kind of makes me crazy. I'll get a little bit nuts, but because uh, my mind wanders off. So uh, in, on this particular record, it was a type of thing of where when, when every time my mind wandered off, I just sit and just start writing, just start writing stuff, writing stuff. So this this record is very much. Um, uh, a, a lot of insanity that rolls around in my brain, <laughs> and a lot of memories. I, I guess the the song "My Detroit" is uh, a lot of memories. Absolutely, my Detroit. You know that that city, that city to me is one of the greatest cities in the world. And and as a kid, uh, you know, I grew up. Uh, I was I was born just south of Cleveland, and grew up uh, between uh, the Cleveland area and the Detroit area. You know, in school time, I was in Ohio, and and all my summers, I was in Detroit. And uh, and that song is is all about that city. It's all about the memories of that time. It's it's uh, uh, it's great. And 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 you know, I, I go back and I talk about. Uh, Bob Seger, the whole vibe for my Detroit was was kind of paying tribute to uh, to the Seger type of a vibe, Seger type music. So when you hear that song, you could actually turn the page back. Um, nice play on words, turn the page. But anyways, you could you could you could you could go back in time and and hear a very much a, a Seger and Silver Bullet band vibe to that. And you know, Seger being from that area, we and and, and that song being about that area, we really kind of wanted to pay respect to that. We're actually shockingly enough a respectful group of guys. <laughs> <laughs> the the first single um Summer 77 from the yeah. opening chords the first time I heard it, I said, this is the summer cruising song of 2017. Amen, brother. That's what we wanted to hit you with right there. Thank you. You just hit it right there, man. I appreciate you saying that. It's a good time summer song, and, and, and that's what it's about because, you know, all of us all of us in the band, we're pretty much, you know, kind of in that same age group, and we, we, we think about some of the best times uh, in our lives. And uh, and that's why you know the, the the name of the band is all you know is all about 1977. It's all about 
you know, that era, you know, whether, whether it's that specific year or not, but it's about that era. So uh, to us, the summer of 77, man, you think about those times, you think about how great it was. We wanted to put out a song that captured that vibe, and you, you just nailed it right there, man. It is a, it is a feel-great summertime Let's Party song. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All I can picture the top down. I've never been yeah. there, but you're there cruising through Vegas. I mean, come on. That's the perfect. Absolutely, tune. brother. Absolutely, man. That that's and it, people are digging it, man. People are digging it. And it's it's fun now tour that 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 we're, you know, we're out on the road and um it's a blast to get up on stage and, and there's there's something magical about looking around a crowd and and seeing people sing your songs with you. You know, when 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 they know the music, it's a blast. It is so much fun, and people are people are knowing they're 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 knowing the new record, man. They're and and, and it's only been out, you know, for a very short period of time. But uh, you know, we go out and do these shows, and 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 you look around the crowd and you watch people sing along with you. It, that's that's another one of those surreal moments, man. It's great because you know, for for me, you know, although I've I've I've, I've you know, sang most of my life, uh, I I never really wrote. Uh, and so, you know, I find myself writing now, and and you know, Stony Curtis is 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 very much uh, uh, in charge of, of of the music portion of the writing, and I'm 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 very much in charge of the of the of the lyrical storytelling part of the writing, and so it's 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 a new thing for me. Uh, for, for, well, it's not new anymore. You know, I wrote, I wrote a ton of the stuff off the first record and, right. uh, and wrote most of the stuff here on, on the second record. And, um, it's, it's one of those surreal times again, when you, when you look around the room and people are singing along with you, man, it's like, wow, it's, it's connecting. And I, I love, I love that connection with the crowd. I love that connection with the audience. It is it is so much fun to connect with people, man, and 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 really that's what we're about. I mean, Count Seventy Seven is about having a good time. We're we're a party. We're we're there to deliver the goods. The music is real. Uh, the songs are real. We are going to deliver the goods, but but in the meantime, you're going to have fun with us. We're going to have a we're going to have a blast together. And that and this whole record is a blast. This record is a, is a good time. There's some there's some deep stuff in this record too. I mean, you know, it's 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 not all fun and games. I mean, you you you, right. you look at songs like you know, Weight of the World. That's that's you know, there's some there's some there's some deep stuff in there, and there's some deep stuff in Find My Way Home. Oh my lord, Find My Way Home, man! I get choked up every time we do that one. So there's there's some there's some there's some serious stuff along here too. And there's Soul Transfusion, the name of the record. Um, that song, it's it, 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 there's there's a little bit of dark in that, but but it's 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 heavy stuff, man, and it's cool, and, and we're having we're just having fun. Do you think, um, being that you are the guy writing the lyrics and all that, and you are, um, you're pouring well, your heart out. I do my in- best. I can't I can't I can't take can't take I do my best, and and again I give Mike Varney a lot of credit for making sense of a lot of the things. But yes, go ahead. Do you think it's been also kind of like therapeutic for you doing this to, uh, you know, huge, huge. Oh my gosh, man. I mean, if I, if I can be, if I can be so candid with you, man, I refer back to the song, find my way home. Oh my Lord. I know exactly where I was and I know exactly what I was doing. And, 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 and I'm not kidding you as, as that song came out on, on, on the, pad and pen as I was just sitting there writing it out 
it it emotionally drained me. I was I was I was whooped by the time I got done writing those lyrics. It was it was just one of those things that just that just happened. And uh and that one that one uh there's 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 stuff in that I'm having a hard time talking about it right now, but there's there's stuff in that that uh, that's that's from the corners of my soul, and uh, it's 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 a it's a it's a great it's a great song. I love the song. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what, like, uh, I, I mean, I lost both my parents too, so it's a very it's been a very tough and emotional thing for me. Yeah, um, yeah. For years that I've dealt with, and, and still, I mean, it's like I lost my father when I was four, my mom when I was eighteen, and it's yeah. been just rough, rough, yeah. and. Um, I go see a, a therapist once a week, and yeah. now I sit there and do that whole thing. And yeah. my therapist one time made me write a letter to my mother, and she's like, "Just pour your heart out in this letter." She's like, "You can throw it out afterwards. You can burn it. You can do whatever." She's like, "Just go somewhere where you have peace of mind yeah. and just write." So I went to my local Hooters, my favorite place. There you go. I, I got a pitcher of beer, and yep. I sat on my laptop, and I just wrote away and wrote away and wrote away. And yep. I saved it, and I showed it to my therapist, and I showed it to my wife, and yep. then after that, I deleted it, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, and, 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 and brother, did that not drain you or what? Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. yeah you were wipe time that was done. A- a- absolutely. That's, that's, that's like that song right there, man. That, that song, ugh. Absolutely, and, but then there's then there's a lot of fun stuff in this too. Sin City Boogeyman, it's a ball. That song, that song is fun. Heebie Jeebies is just a way cool tune. Do you feel me? Bam, great hard rock band. Hard rock band is so much fun. That song, that song is fun. So there's on this record, you're gonna get such a variety of music, but it's all old school in your face rock and roll. What it should be, man. There's no auto tune. There's no uh, whatever. All these crazy effects and things like that. I mean, it's 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 actually six guys playing real instruments and actually singing, which is kind of a rare thing these days. <laughs> How about that? I know. Now, do you think you guys like? You guys do a lot of covers when you play over, you know, wherever you're playing. I saw, yeah. I actually saw you guys do a cover of Ace of Spades uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Today. Yeah, yeah that's, thinking, that's a ball, man. Well, see what, what we do now in our show. When you when you come when you come to a seventy account seventy seven show now, what you, what you're going to get is uh, uh, you're going to get um, originals. We 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 we're going to give you our originals off the first and second record. Uh, of course, obviously, you're not going to get all of them because there's there's just too many. But but we start the show off with originals. Then halfway through the show. We like to remind people of our roots and remind the crowd in a certain age group of their roots, and we do now what we call the super sound of the 70s set. And, uh, and we'll hit you with a block of, of 70s covers done our way. And then when that's done, we go back to uh, our, our originals, and we, and we do the rest of the show with our originals. And then at the end of the show... Uh, we kind of start having a little bit of fun, and we throw out we throw out some more of the uh, the big '70s stuff just to have some fun with. But we don't we're not we're not gonna we will you know we we always talk about we've got plenty of material now to do uh, a completely 100 percent original show, but uh, we don't we don't want to we don't want to push our roots to the side. 
and and uh, it's it's always fun to just remind people of some of these big things of the 70s. And 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 we're not hitting you with with your typical uh, you know A side. We've heard it a billion times. Uh, you know, big, big hard rock seventy songs. We like, we like to hit you with something a little bit off the beaten path, a little, little bit different things, you know. And 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 people dig that. They want the deeper tracks. That's what we like to give them. Do you think you guys would ever do like a, a covers EP or album? You know, it, it would, it would be a blast. I, you know, we we haven't really talked about it. We did a thing, we did a thing, uh, a, a, a really short. I think it was only four or five songs. Um, waiting for the Soul Transfusion record to to be completed, uh, we had we had delayed it and delayed it, and uh, we wanted to give uh, our fans something. So we did. Uh, I think it's like four or five tracks, and uh, we called it hors d'oeuvres, and uh, it's Count Seventy Seven hors d'oeuvres, and and all it is is uh, like five covers that we love, and uh, done our way, and we put that out there. Uh, just in the meantime, while while we were still cooking up Soul Transfusion, we wanted to give you some more thurves. So uh, it, there's there there is that out there floating around, but uh, you know I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I certainly wouldn't throw the idea out because we 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 love to uh, we love to pay respect to to our roots and where we came from. So that that that'd be kind of fun. I got a crazy thing in my head one, and I keep I keep talking to uh, to Stony about this. Uh, I want one one of these days. Uh, just because of my, uh, my 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 black gospel roots, I want to do a funk rock record just for fun. Yeah, why not? It would be a ball. It'd be a ball. I mean, you know, it just just I love I love that old seventies funk rock vibe. So uh, you know, some something like that might be fun one of these days. But uh, in the meantime, you know, this this record just just officially got released. And uh, and it's doing absolutely wonderful. We're getting we're getting rave reviews. I'm so proud of of the entire band. Everybody works so hard, and uh, you know we're 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 out. We're hitting some some great venues. Uh, you know, packing out the houses, putting on great shows. We're having a ball. I'm I'm literally I'm leaving first thing in the morning. I'm on my way to Minneapolis. Uh, we're playing hard rock up there, and then uh, from there we're 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 playing hard rock in Boston. And then we're uh, we're up in Grand Rapids. We're doing the uh, we're doing the uh, the Firekeepers uh, Casino up in Grand Rapids. We just uh, you know one of the one of the best things for me is uh, I'm going to say it was three weeks ago I think uh, we sold out uh, Cobo Hall in Detroit full. Uh, Come on. And, uh, yeah, and we had we had I mean it's my city it's my city and so you know. We just had one of the best shows we ever had right there. It was so much fun. Uh, the place was full, and the people went crazy, and we had we had a ball. So it's, for me, it doesn't get any better than that to be standing on stage at Kobo and look out across a sea of people that are just having a ball. I mean, that's that's truly going back to my roots and 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 having a lot of fun. We went from there to Chicago. We played. We 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 packed out another house in Chicago. So right now we're out there. We're hitting it. We're 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 delivering fun to people man people are having a ball and so are we i'm telling you this 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 for us we're having we're having the, we're having the greatest times in our in our life right now we're having the best time ever so 
you know, if you, if you if you come to one of our shows, if you see that Count Seventy Seven is coming to your town, and 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 you come to one of our shows, I can I can assure you, you're going to have fun because if if you're not having fun, there's something wrong with you because we're having a ball. <laughs> so what do I got to do to get you guys out here to Philly? Brother, man, come on, just just uh, just uh, you know, send us send us a uh, send us a jet, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know you got connections. Come on, brother, hook us up. Hook us up. I- we'll come play. I, absolutely, I'm going to hook it up. I'm going to get I'm it done. Serious, I'm, we we would we would love to come play. I'm serious. We we do. We we're uh, we're that band, man. You can't you can't drag us off the stage. We'll keep playing. Very cool. Yeah, I'm going to make that shit happen. Uh, come on, babe. Don't don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I got some I got some other questions before I, I let you go. I know you're busy and all. It's all but, good. What you got? Uh, all right. It's uh. You know, something you did, and uh, I, w- I was kind of surprised because in a situation where... I was where, young, I needed the money. No, oh, what? not that, okay. A few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> what did I do? You actually went and you've, uh, you've been very vocal in standing up for Donald Trump. Yeah. And I was like, were you nervous to do that? I mean, you see, like, all the hate people have and all. And I was just like, man, were you scared thinking, like, it could hurt you as a businessman? Sure. I mean, there's, there's, there's always that, there's always that, that, that fear factor of, of, you know, you're going to, you're going to eliminate a a certain group of people that used to love you. And, uh, you know what I have found? Uh, it, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't hurt me. Um, I I think, I think, I, I think I discovered, uh, who my fans are and, and they've all, they've all stuck, they've all stuck with me. And, uh, um, you know, and, 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 and I think I think a large portion of it was was my approach because my approach to the support for for our president is uh, is is from a businessman's perspective. I mean, I'm a businessman. I own I own Counts Customs here in Las Vegas. I employ approximately forty five people here at my shop. Uh, I own a rock and roll club, Counts Vamped. I employ probably another you know. 20 people there. Uh, I've got, I've got a tattoo shop in the Rio, uh, counts tattoo, which probably employs another 10 to 15 people there. Uh, I've got a recording studio here, counts desert moon, uh, that, that employs a handful of people there. So I, I, I'm very much a businessman and the last Several years, and I'm not, I'm not going to pick on just one administration, but I'm going to say the last several years, uh, has not been very friendly to the American businessman. And uh, in my opinion, it's the small businessman that creates the jobs. And, and um, we needed help in that respect. Uh, it's very. It, it was very difficult to to go into business between taxation and regulations and all these types of things. It's difficult to own your own business. And, and if, if people out there are listening right now, if you're a business owner, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about all this taxation and all this regulations and all these things. It's difficult. Difficult to even get your doors open. Once you get them open, then you get punished for getting your doors open. I mean, you just get beat to death by the government. So, my perspective on things was was politicians that made a mess of things and I was really ready for a businessman to help get things straight. 
And uh, I, I believe that Mr. Trump is a uh, very successful businessman, and there's a lot of controversy, and I understand the controversy. I'm not, I'm not blind. I, I, I understand the controversy quite well. But um, the guy knows how to play the game, and now he's offered to play the game for us, and he knows how to win. So you know what? Great. Go play the game for us and help us win. And I've and I, and I got to give the guy credit for this. He doesn't want the salary. He's doing here's here's a billionaire who 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 left uh, a relaxation and 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 he's here to help and he doesn't want to get paid for it. He doesn't want the presidential salary. He's going to put that back into the treasury. He's got uh, hotel properties around the world, which people are you know there's a lot of controversy about this. Oh my gosh, he does business in these other countries and this and that. Well, you know he said, hey, I'm going to take all the profits from my from my hotels around the world. I'm going to take those profits and put it right back in the U.S. Treasury. How's that? So you know you can take all the controversy. You can you can you can take his approach. I understand uh, uh, people's nervousness. But uh, I also got to say, more jobs have been created here in the last 40 days than has been in the last eight years, and uh, and I'm very very anxious to see uh, the new tax plans that he's got going and things like that. But again, I'm I'm I'm, I'm starting to preach, and I don't want to be that way. And I and I, I know that there's a lot of folks that are that are freaked out, but I think that they're learning. Oh, gee, check this out. The things that he's doing are actually very helpful. And and what also kind of trips me out is everybody's everybody's freaking out about their rights. Oh, women's rights. Well, last I checked, I don't think women have lost any of their rights to date. And also, he's the kind of guy that has very strong women in some of the highest positions in his organization. So there's a plus there. Uh, you get the LGBT community that's all freaked out about losing their rights. Well, as I re- look back. And when there were 18 candidates trying to get the Republican nomination, he was the only one that stood up and said, I'll, I'm, I'm for equal rights for the LGBT community. And, and that's scary when you're, when you're running uh, uh, in the, in the uh, Republican, uh, you're, you're, you're trying to be the Republican candidate, because you know, they're very conservative on that respect. But, you know, nobody, nobody, as far as I'm concerned, nobody's lost their rights. Uh, the whole immigration thing, brother, come on, seriously? Do we all do we all live someplace? Yes, we all live someplace. You live in an apartment, you live in a house, you live somewhere. Take the doors off of your home. Are you comfortable with that? No. Oh, no. You're not going to do that. You come home, what? there's people wandering around your house, they're in your fridge, they're in your cabinets, they're doing whatever. You're not going to do that. What is the problem with just making sure who's coming in and what's the problem with coming in properly? There's nothing, nothing wrong with that, man. So you know, he's not, he's not saying you can't come in. He's just saying come in the right way. So you know, there's, the, people are losing their minds. But what they got to remember is this nation voted for him. So the smaller group of people that are losing their minds have to understand they're the minority over here, and it's 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 time to uh, it's time to let somebody else drive the ship. Right, I, I agree. So I agree. again, I'm I'm you know I'm I'm. I'm kind of running my mouth again, but uh, yeah, it was a little bit nerve-wracking to uh, to come out about it and 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 say that I support our president. But I still stand on it. I still say I support our president, and I'm looking forward to uh, to positive things, man. I really am, and I think there's been some positive stuff that's already happened, and I'm looking forward to seeing some more positive things. 
And sure, I understand the controversy. Now, I understand the risk of coming out and saying that, that I'm a Trump supporter. But I'm proud of it. I'm proud of it. Now, how about um, thoughts on similar shows like yours? Uh, I'm, 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 you know, I got, I got a lot of friends in the industry. So, so there are, there are other shows, there are other automotive shows out there that, uh, that I have a lot of respect for, uh, because I know these guys and I, and I know that they've been in the industry for a long time and I know they're good guys and I know that they're for real. Uh, there's also some, some other shows, automotive related shows out there that are just that they're just a TV show and they're, they're designed as a television show and there never really was a shop and there never really was a team and this and that. And it's just a television show. And that's fine. I, I look at that as, as entertainment and, and, you know, more power to them. If they're having a good time, that's great. But, you know, for us here, you know, Counts Customs has been a, a, a thriving motorcycle and hot rod shop for close to 20 years now. And uh, so, you know, we're, we're a real shop that uh that cameras follow us around and they make a television show based out of a real shop there are other places out there just like that there are some other guys out there just like that that have been in the industry for a long time and they've they've also been blessed with because uh, i look at this as a total blessing and they've been blessed with a television show and uh and it helps out the business and it allows the business to grow and again they create jobs for people and and there and there again there are other ones out there that are just they just were uh, made up for for the for the sake of entertainment, and that's fine. If people are entertained, that's that's great. If they're having a good time with it, that's wonderful. But but there there are guys in the industry I have a lot of respect for. Absolutely. Nice. Now, how about um, like you said, you got all your different business endeavors, and I was wondering, like, at the end of the day, like, what do you do? To relax. Collapse. Like, <laughs> do you actually know how to relax? Like, I, me personally, I can't shut myself the frig off. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm always ready to go. Like, yeah. are you I'm, the same? I'm, same way. Same way. I, I, I can't shut down. I'm, I probably, I probably sleep, you know, five, maybe six hours a night, and then, and then I'm back at it. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the shop right now. And, uh, and then, you know, I'll, 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 when I'm done here, it's, it's, go home, do some laundry, throw some groceries down my throat, pack my bag up in the morning. I'm off to the airport and, uh, and, 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 and going to get to go rock out in, in Minneapolis for, uh, for the weekend. But I, I, I have a hard time shutting down and, uh, and I have a hard time shutting my mind off. So all of this, this, this crazy world that I've, that I've built around me is just because I, I, I have a bad, I, I don't, I don't sit well. I don't idle well. I'm one of those, I'm one of those cars that, that doesn't idle well. I got to keep going. It's hard to shut it off. Relaxation for me is, is, uh, rehearsal. I love it. I love rehearsing with the band. I get, I get, I get with the band and rehearse to me. That is so relaxing. Uh, therapy for me is going out on stage and, and, and putting on a show and performing. That's, that's therapy for my mind and for my soul. It's phenomenal. Uh, other therapy for me is, is, is spending time with a car or with a motorcycle here at the shop after hours when there's nobody here. Just turn on the music uh, and, and sit down with a vehicle and, and spend some time with that thing. But um, I, don't, I don't do well just sitting around. I, I kind of I go, go crazy. I get a little cuckoo. So I've got I to keep moving. So, all right, so you're sitting at the shop now. Where is yeah. the horny Mike doll? Where's the horny mic? What? 
the doll, that that little doll. Oh, that little creepy thing on the trike. Oh my gosh, dude! I don't know. I hope I hope it's yeah. nowhere around. That thing creeps me out, brother. Because well, first off, Horny Mike, you know he's 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 nuts. Uh, uh, but I'm going to go on record here and say he is one of the greatest guys you'd ever want to know. It's so funny because I'm 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 one of those people that 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 does the cardinal sin that uh, that the network told me to never do. Don't read social media, man, because people are evil on social media. Well, I'm one of those guys that breaks the cardinal sin, and I read social media. And, and, and i got to say we're blessed, man. 99% of it is, is wonderful, positive stuff. There. We've, got, we've got some of the greatest fans in the world out there. But it, it, it's funny because on the television show, people have a perception that, that Horny Mike's a pain in the ass, and they don't know. You know. Some people are like, you know, why don't you fire him? Why do you still have him, this and that? I'll go on record and say that Mike is one of the most talented people that you'd ever want to meet and one of the nicest guys you'd ever want to meet. He's, he's fantastic. But uh, that mini Mike on that little trike that he built – is one of the creepiest things in this shop, man. It's unbelievable. And and when you are here at night by yourself, and if you walk by and catch that thing out of court in your eye, good lord, it's 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 like a it's like a bad horror film, man. You're sure that thing's going to come at you. It's just it's creepy as all get out. <laughs> and I don't know where it's at, and I don't want to know because now I'm going to look for it when I leave, and the lights are already out. <laughs> So, all right, so, so one of my goals in life too, besides getting Count Seventy Seven out here to Philly, is the, the that car my uh, when he passed away, and it's been stuck in my head for years. I've always wanted one; I never had one, but I'd love to have one and have you fucking do it—a '66 Thunderbird. Six six T-Bird, man, great car, great car, yeah. uh, absolutely fantastic car. I've got a, uh, I've got a '64. Uh, uh, roadster convertible with the with the with the double tonneau uh, thing on the back. Uh, I love that era of T Birds. '66, uh, basically same body style, man. Great, great car, man. You say when? You say when? We'll build one. Sweet. And I I gotta I gotta show you pictures of that. I just bought my wife a. I know you're a more older car, but I got her an '05 Dodge Magnum, and you gotta see the paint job on this thing. The guy. Well, that's uh, a great car. He, he did it the, uh, the Pink Panther pink. Oh, nice! With the uh, the hood and uh, the roof is like a candy uh, candy like a real metallic black, like almost like a candy apple black. Oh yeah! And it's got a custom uh, logo on the hood for breast cancer awareness. It's badass looking. Oh, dude, very nice, very nice. Yeah. And those are great cars, man. The 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 the, the Magnums are, have always been a great car, man. I mean, you get you got performance and you got Tons of room, and the styling is terrific. It's a great, it's a great yeah. styling on that car. I've, I've, I've always liked those. I've always liked those cars. They're cool. Nice ride. I'd like to see that. You got you to send me pictures of that. Is this a cell phone or an uh, office phone? This is this is my office phone. Okay. My I'll cell phone doesn't do get it. pictures, man. I'm so I'm so <laughs> old school. Do you remember? Do you remember my phone? I have. I, I, it's old school Nokia, man. I don't. I don't. I'm off the I'm off the grid. I don't I don't smartphone. I don't I don't do any of that, man. My my phone makes calls and it takes calls. That's it. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't I don't do any of that stuff. I'm it's it's I, I I respect I respect the smartphone as to as to what a magnificent tool that it is and I, I know it does everything in the palm of your hand and that's all fantastic. But I see this whole zombie apocalypse that it's created of people just 
staring at the palm of their hand, stumbling around, and, and it's like, I, I don't want to play. Uh, I, I'd rather I'd rather interact interact with people. Well, one I'm that, so one old way- school, bro. I am so old school. It's crazy. I just, yeah, I don't do it. I mean, what? And, and yes, I have I have a Twitter account, uh, uh, and and I tweet in the morning when I'm having my coffee, uh, sitting in the kitchen, because uh, I have a computer there that I can I can tweet. That's it. And I don't I, I can't do it from my phone. I can't do it when I'm on the road. I can't do any of that kind of stuff. That's it. That's that's enough. I don't. I, I social media is a fantastic thing, and it's equally evil all at the same time. <laughs> well, one last thing too. I I want to bring somebody on the show. He's waiting patiently. He's a good friend of the show. Good friend of mine. Uh, you would love this guy if you love Evil Knievel. He's oh, uh, he's a daredevil, ATV daredevil. He's the pitbull Henry Rife. Henry, you're on the show. You're live. Henry, with the- I'm on. Can you guys see me? <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot, Henry. Because <laughs> you're watching right now, man. You're watching Totally Driven Radio, man. What's going yeah. on, Henry? <laughs> Nothing, man. What's going on? I uh, I uh, I got a story to tell you. I went talk out to, to Las Vegas to talk to you about jumping a big roll of your cars with my ATV on your <laughs> show. You want? You wanted you what? I want to jump a big row of your cars with my ATV on I'll make your a, show. I'll make a deal with you. Let's do this. Let's leave my cars out of it. Let's jump Horny Mike's bus. Well, right. hey, whatever. I don't give a shit. I'll, ju- <laughs> I'll jump your band. It don't matter. <laughs> Dude, I went this... to Vegas to go out there to talk to you. You weren't there. You know where you were at? Uh-oh, where? You were playing a concert. In Salina, Ohio, at oh, the yeah. uh, Mercer County Fair. You, that's 20 miles from where I live. You're not in Vegas. You weren't there. You were here. I, <laughs> we were trading places. Man, you know, I got family there. I saw, I, I had family come to that concert that I hadn't seen since I was a kid. So that was, that was, uh, that was, awesome. I remember that show very well because of that. So you were out here in my home and I was back there at your home. What's up with that? We got to, we got to get together I, out, I out here. There, I got, I got uh, I got married. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> yeah, thanks. Absolutely, uh, man. Hey, man. Uh, another friend. Uh, we have a mutual friend. Uh, how about uh, Chad at Black Diamond Harley Davidson? Who who at HD? Chad. Chad. Black Diamond Harley Davidson. You played there a couple times, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I know. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I did my TV show. Uh, I did a TV show for Discovery, and, oh, nice. uh, and they jumped a couple of helicopters out there, and uh, I think I'm going to go back and do that. Well, brother, when you when you, when you come back out here, man, we gotta uh, you'll have to you'll have to uh, we gotta figure out when you come back out, maybe ahead of time, and uh, put something together where if you if you're serious about jump some, jump something crazy on your ATV, man, we could we could do that on the show. It'd be a ball. Dude, if you want, I'll set the world record on your TV show. <laughs> hey man, hey man, that's up to you. I'm not going to encourage you to do anything that 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 that's insane. That's completely up to you. But but uh, it would it would certainly be fun to uh, to have you come out here and do something crazy like that. I think the people at home would enjoy seeing that. I'm in. Awesome, awesome. Well, you I'm going to come out there for that. If if this is this is happening, this party ain't happening without me. Well, Bay, you come on. You got to, you got to, you got to put this, uh, you got to put this together, and uh, and come out here with Henry, and we'll and we'll just we'll, we'll we'll make a fandango out of it. 
There you go. Now, there's a term you don't hear enough, Fandango. Come on. We've got to bring that back. That's it. And, and one last tag. I don't want to hog anything, but I'm going to get off here. I've I got to give you some kudos, Danny, for standing up for Trump. I love Donald Trump. Amen. He's a badass. Amen. He's American. Amen. And everybody likes Trump as a buddy of mine. Bro, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I just, I just really feel like it, it's, it's, it's time that we get back to the basics. We get back to the Constitution. We get back to what we were founded on. Uh, we, we can, we can clear everything out. We can make everything nice and smooth again, and let's get back to doing things properly. It's, it's, it's. You know what I'm talking about. You know exactly what I'm talking. Amen. About. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, I think politicians have done a, a, a horrible job over the years, and I think we just need a businessman to straighten some stuff out, man. That's that's how I feel about it, and I feel I feel he's uh, rock solid American, and I love him. I couldn't agree more, and uh, I'll get off this uh, conversation. I didn't want to interrupt, but uh, I wanted to say hey, and uh, I could not be more serious about coming out there and jumping. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I will. Uh, I'll have a chat. I'll have a chat with the uh, with the producers on the show, and uh, and 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 Bay can help uh, put uh, connect all of us together, and we'll make this happen. I'll tell you what. Let's I, do you know, it. I just thought of, I got Kevin's uh, email in my little email strand. So this way, I can send contact info and all that, and get it all. You know, you guys can do your thing. That's perfect. That's yeah. that. That's the connection right there, man. You, you guys uh, you, need to see. The link to my show, you need to check out the show I did for Discovery, and it'll give you an idea of what I do. What, you what, what, show, what show did you do? It's called Heirs to the Dare, H-E-I-R-S, Heirs to the Dare. Cool. Cool. Check it out. I'll, you'll love it. We'll look for it. We'll look for it. That's awesome, Henry. Cool. Good talking now, to you. Love you, back. Wait, wait, hey, Henry, 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 before we let What's you that? go, I got to this question too because me and Henry argue about this all the time and we're going to do a yeah, shoot Bigfoot, a show is <laughs> Bigfoot real or bullshit bro you know what I think it's real man <laughs> oh, I, I think it's real man I don't know <laughs> oh that's I, great Bigfoot is bullshit. I, 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 I knew he was going to do that too yeah man I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Bigfoot believer man <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's all right that's all right. You like Trump, we're good. Hey man, I like I like the Loch Ness monster too, man. I think that's real too, man. Messy <laughs> is messy and Bigfoot is bullshit. You guys? <laughs> I think there's a lot of freaky things hiding around this world that we we haven't discovered yet, so I don't know, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for real, man, but you know, who knows? Who knows? I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. <laughs> too many times Dang. too, but anyways. Oh man, always a pleasure, man. This is always a great fucking time. Hey, Let's not wait two you. years. We got no. a lot of shit to uh together. Absolutely, now. man. We should we should we should touch base again here at, at whenever you want, man. Whenever you want, you just you just let Kevin know, and uh, we'll get on here and, and and BS about everything, man. Oh fucking a, fucking a. Awesome, cool, awesome. Everybody, Let's, check out the Soul Transfusion record, man. Get it. It's on Amazon, iTunes, all that other kind of stuff where you can find it. Get it. Check it out. You'll dig it. And, and here, like everybody right now, put your top down. I don't care if it's degrees yet. Put the fucking top down and crank this tune. But you're going to want to. You're going to love to. You're going to need to. Here we go. Amen. Summer 77. Danny, take care, my friend. Bay, thank you so much. Henry, nice meeting you. 
and uh, I'll see you guys soon. You got it. Rock on, brother. Totally Driven Radio. You're watching Totally Driven Radio. <laughs> yeah.
the count from Count Cars. Count 77 with Summer of 77. Which uh, I was doing me think, hey, Nick, were you alive in 77? Yeah, no, I was not. <laughs> wow. What year were you born? February 79. Wow. I mean, I was, uh, I was eight years old. I was almost nine years old. Making me feel old there, buddy. Man, imagine how Janetti feels. <laughs> Janetti hung up. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. Wow. that was great. He's so much fun. We got to get that stuff hooked up with him. Then you would have to go. See, if we get out there and do that at the at the shop, we have Henry jump. Yeah. You got to come out there too, because it's not far for you. Oh no, dude! I could totally come out like right away. Yeah, same you know way. what I mean. That's close. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna put a put the package together and email everything over to his boy Kevin over the weekend. Yeah, we got to get this going. All right, we're gonna we're you know here we go. So all right, but waiting patiently on the line, our next guest, and this guy is. Totally bulletproof. I've, I've been waiting to talk to this guy. I can, uh, I can say, like, from the moment I saw the blurbs about his book, I was just, like, on the edge, and I said, I got to get this guy on the show. Let's welcome author, race car driver, entrepreneur, the one and only Mr. Justin Peck. How you doing there, Justin? I'm doing awesome, man. How about you guys? Oh, dude. I can't yeah, – I, I, honestly, like, when I saw um, – I got a blurb about your book, like in an email or something, I think. And I was like, holy crap. Like, uh, I got to get this guy on the show. Like, you've been through a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's all perspective, right? You know, I I look at it as just normal day-to-day life. But, yeah, I've had some experiences, some good ones, some bad ones. But, man, it's at the end of the day, I, you know, I love life and I, you know, I love what I do. And, and you look like you have fun doing it too. Like I, I, I was sitting there, like watching uh, watching some uh, race videos and stuff like that today. And and this is the one thing I, I kept thinking of, like the style of racing you do, the off road style racing you do, is always the style like you would see like in crazy videos wherever. Like um, usually, like I guess in other countries they do like same style of racing, but like all the people are like right there on the like on the side of the road that you guys are racing on. And I'm like, they're just like, you know, on top of the cars, basically. And the cars are whipping by. I'm like, that's insanity. Yeah. It's, uh, uh there are a few races that we go to. So, um, one of the big one is the, the Baja 1000. Um, it's a, it's a pretty popular race. And so it, it, it basically starts in Ensenada, Mexico and goes all the way down the peninsula. So, this year's 50th anniversary of it. Um, it's 1,286 miles. And when you start this race, you start in the middle of Ensenada. You go across this bridge, and you drop down into this wash. Now, when you drop down into this wash, there are probably, like, I'm not joking, no exaggeration here. There's probably 250,000 spectators. And what they what they ultimately do is, as you're bombing down this this wash at 130 miles an hour, they like to get the selfies. So they'll stand in the middle of the track, <laughs> facing away from you, right? And they'll take a picture as the car is like bombing towards them. 
the uh, the big thing too is is they like to touch the car. So as we're flying by, they like to try to reach out and touch the car. Doesn't make any sense to me, but hey, it's it's what they like. So it's a good time. Oh, and how many times have people like actually got ran over? I mean, it has to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. It uh, there's um, every single year someone ends up getting hurt, and I uh, here again, I don't understand why they do it. I know that if I had a six thousand pound truck doing 130 miles an hour coming at me, like I'll stand on the side and watch them go by, but I don't need to touch the truck, man, not at all. Oh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would just, whenever I see them clips, I just shake my head. I'm like, where is the common sense? <laughs> yeah, yeah, common sense. I don't think there is such thing in common sense. Actually, I don't think there's common sense in racing. I mean, you, you got to think, you know, especially in, in off-road, uh, people always ask me what it's like. And it's um, the actual desert racing that I do. I do two forms of racing. So, uh, the desert racing, you know, we're talking, you know, 1,000, 1,200 miles. So you're in the race car for 36 hours straight, uh, going over huge bumps, rocks, trees, all sorts of things. And so it's basically like being in a paint shaker for 36 hours straight. It's crazy. All right. Now, this is this is like, what what do you have to do when you go to the bathroom? What do you got to do? You just go? <laughs> of course you're going to ask that question on radio, brother. So yes. Okay. Yeah, so so yeah, that's that's actually the first time anybody's asked that on uh, on radio, but I will tell you. So so what we have um is so we have to hydrate, of course. So we so we do drink a lot of water, but um we wear external catheters. <laughs> so it's it's basically like a condom with a tube that runs all the way down your leg and it's um yeah that's how you use the bathroom so you have to do that when you're doing you know 120 130 miles an hour down roads it's a little inconvenient you know the muscles don't relax very well sometimes but you know you, yeah, right. you have to do what you have to do <laughs> wow yeah like that's insanity like i always wondered that like see like my problem would be like i, I like I, i'm a fat guy and i always like I always have to go to like take a dump at the worst inconvenient times of life. So that would be, I would be like, I mean, do they make, what do you got to do then? Then it's just, it's on, right? Well, yeah. I mean, thank God I <laughs> suffer from travel constipation, man. So I don't have to ever worry about that. But, 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 but there really are guys out there that will wear depends and they'll wear like racing diapers. They actually make those. Man, we're getting personal here. Holy cow. <laughs> I bet you that's a gold mine. That is a gold mine right there. Yeah, yeah. Good times. <laughs> so, yeah. so uh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, so I mean, you, you've been doing the racing for how long now? Uh, so, I've been, uh, I've been a pro driver for, well, I've been in off-road. Okay, I'll go back a little bit. I've actually been racing for about 27 years now. Started off yeah. on dirt bikes um, mostly because, you know, they're they're a lot um less expensive um and you know, I mean, I didn't grow up with anything. We were we were poor growing up. So I started on dirt bikes. 
Um, did that for a couple years before I turned pro in the desert on that. And then I raced that for 14 years. Um, within that 14-year period of time, I've broken 78 bones, had 19 surgeries, 300 screws, 12 plates, 9 rods, 7 concussions. I've got cadaver parts, and I have physically have died twice. So I kind of realized that, you know, desert racing is on a dirt bike is a little crazy. So I stopped doing that. And then immediately the next year after that, I went and drove like Porsche Cup and drove Audis and stuff on the asphalt. I did that for, geez, man, like five or six years. And then um, I turned pro in that, and then I loved the dirt. So I went back to the off-road stuff, and I've been off-road guy ever since. So you, all those injuries were just from uh, racing motorcycles? Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. Yeah. Like I've, you know, I've crashed. I literally, I've crashed everything that I've drove and it's not because I'm, I'm inexperienced. You know, I feel like, right. Like you have to get, you know, a pro license and you have to prove yourself and stuff. And so, so, you know, I, I do have good car control. I do understand racing, but in the dirt, it's not, it's not like freeway driving, right? So it, you have a lot of things that will that will reach out and grab you, and and so you know I've I've crashed a lot. I've drove sprint cars, and it, like I said, I, like I've went through everything, and everything that I've drove, I've crashed. But it's mostly because I like to win. I like championships, and so I always push, I always push the limits to win. And it's you know it's it's worked most of my career. But, you know, of course, there are those times that, you know, you wad the truck up, and it's always a good show for the fans because fans like to see people crash. But, you know, it's what it is. <laughs> yeah, pe- pe- it's, like a ho- it's like hockey games. People go to see the fights. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, well the, the, I mean, honestly, that's kind of how, how I explain um, the, the other form of racing I do. So I do, I do short course as well. So these are, you know, pretty much the same style of truck, um, but it's like Supercross, right? So, you know, you've got the big jumps, um, and we do laps in that. And there's typically six or seven turns, left and right. Um, you're hitting these jumps at, you know, 100 plus. You're jumping 200 feet, but you're also battling with 20 other guys. Um, what's cool about that is, you know, they, they've got grandstands. You know, we'll we'll race in front of you know, 60,000 people. It's televised. It's it's a good time. But that sport is um, it's it's literally like UFC, crash derby, um, all sorts of stuff. I explained that one as it's like being in a shotgun fight in a closet. <laughs> Alrighty. Now, now, how about <laughs> you mentioned that you uh, you died twice? Like, yes. How, how did that happen? Like. <laughs> so so uh, both times was was just coming out of surgery um i apparently dive had some weird reactions to uh to like the anesthesia and stuff and so uh one of the last times they just they over medicated and i woke up just fine of course a little pissed off because you know i hurt from where they cut me open and they uh, they pump me full of meds, and the next thing you know, my heart stops and I stop breathing, and 
and they hook paddles up to you. I mean, it's actually kind of a cool call sign. I I know it's it sounds goofy, but I still have like the burn scars where they where they put the paddles on you. Cause that oh, like, really? it really does burn you. Yeah. Oh wow, that's a scary thought. <laughs> no, nah, like I say, man. You know, it it's, it 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 literally is the funnest sport ever. I I I've been racing a long time, and you know, like my mother and my family. My children, they look at me and they're like, Dad, all right, when are you going to quit? And my answer is always, never. I'll be racing until until I, like, physically can't race anymore or I die in race car, one of the two. Yeah, did you ever have, like, aspirations to try to go for NASCAR or? No, I, um, it, I'm not going to dog on NASCAR at all, um, but uh, for me, it's just not that exciting. I mean, it's it is the left turns. You know, they do get good speeds. I mean, we're 200 miles an hour. You know, type stuff. And 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 I have had the opportunity to to drive a few NASCAR um, races and you know stuff like that. But I just it just didn't take the driving skill and the driving ability to be able to push myself hard enough to learn. Um, I always like to learn. I always like to have a challenge all the time, and that's that's ultimately what what the dirt does. I mean, you every single time that you take a lap, it's not it's not the exact same as the previous lap. The track changes. You get big ruts. You get you know rocks. You get you know I mean all sorts of stuff. And so so asphalt's fun. I'll race anything with a motor that goes really fast. But but um, yeah, NASCAR stuff not so much. Yeah, I mean, I can see that where, yeah, I mean, what you guys are doing is a whole different animal, and it is a lot more exciting to watch. Yeah, for the fans, it's um, the fans love it, man, and and that's another thing about the about the off road thing is is you know, for me, I really like the the interaction with the fans, and and so like um, at our races. Uh, the fans are in the pits. It doesn't cost anything extra to be in the pits, you know. And I like to be able to to take the smaller kids and and sit them in the race car and get pictures with them and and uh, you know do a lot of stuff like that. Plus, you know, we do we do a lot of charity stuff. We do um, we just try to make it a really good, nice, family, comfortable environment for for everybody involved. Now. With the whole, I mean, you got this amazing career in racing that's been going on for 27 years. How did the whole situation come about to where you wanted to commit suicide? Like, at what point in life did that happen? <laughs> wow, talk about going from zero to 60, brother. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. uh, yeah, yeah, right. There, there's a, there'll always be racing analogies on my end. So, um <laughs> It was a, it, it was roughly 12 years ago, or, you know, 11, 12 years ago. Um, I always, you know, since I was a young kid, I knew that I was different. I knew that I was a little goofy. Um, my mind processes um, and my thoughts were always different than than any of my friends. And so, I went through um, I went through a long time of not really understanding too much of how how my brain worked or why I was thinking what I was thinking. So. There was a, a, a time 11 years ago, I'd woke up one morning, um, just, I was kind of in like this six-month cycle of just having this depression and not wanting to get out of bed, not really wanting to do anything. And so, woke up, normal morning, 
leaned over, I kissed my wife, um, I went upstairs, I kissed the kids, uh, I went out back and grabbed my dog and threw my dog in the back of the truck and we went to work. And driving around for about an hour, checking on a couple job sites and, and you know some of the things that I did there, and found myself at the top of this canyon um, that kind of overlooked the valley below. And, and the main reason I had always went there is it was, there was no cell phone service, so I was able to kind of unplug from, from like, society. And as I'm sitting there, I'm watching my dog run around, and she's happy, and she's just she's having a good time. And I'm looking over this valley below and looking at all the houses and all the, you know, all the people down there. And I just, like, it's the craziest thing, right? Like, I had this complete overwhelming sense of despair. Like, I didn't have anything to live for. I had no self-worth, you know, insecure about a million things. And so in one brief moment of irrational thinking, I just, I, I reached over to my glove box and I grabbed my pistol. I loaded it. I put it to my head and I pulled the trigger. And the result wasn't quite what I expected by no means. All I got was a click out of the deal. So I, I unchambered the bullet thinking, you know, I screwed that one up, so let's try it again. And so the bullet flies out, lands in my lap. And I pick the bullet up, I look at it, and you can see, like, where the firing pin had actually hit the bullet. But for some reason, man, it just, like, it just didn't go off. And that was kind of the realization to me that, that you know, there was something wrong. There was, you know, there was something that I needed to fix because in my normal day-to-day life, rational thinking, common sense, says that you don't do that. And so uh, I ended up driving down the canyon. Um, the adrenaline rush that I got off of that experience was incredible, and it kind of pulled me out of the depression for a minute. Ended up going down the canyon, um, called my doctor, told him what was going on, went into him. We did some tests and stuff for three or four months. And ultimately, I was diagnosed with uh, class one bipolar disorder. So, so that's kind of um, that's kind of where the where the the suicide attempt came into play. But I also learned a lot about myself and understood kind of what I've been going through for the last thirty something years. Wow. Uh, I mean that that whole. I mean, it's just so. I mean, I mean, it takes your breath away. It just it makes you go gasp like. <laughs> Like at that point, I, I mean, you're 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 putting the gun to your head, and it doesn't. Thank God, it, it doesn't work. Like, what do you say to yourself? I mean, that I mean, there's not. You can't say it was. You have to say it was meant to be that you weren't supposed to die. I mean, you died twice in the hospital, and, and you try to to kill yourself, and it doesn't work. You're, you're somebody that's meant to live a long life. You realize that, right? Yeah, I have. You know, it's um, it, and it's w- w- whether it's a religion thing or whether it's it, you know uh, a higher power thing or 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 whatever anybody believes. For me, it was it was kind of at that moment that I that I really did understand and kind of take it all in that I had a bigger purpose. You know, I had I needed to be bigger than myself and which is, you know, which is why I started the book 
and which is ultimately why you know I I do the best that I can now um, to be a huge mental health advocate because through my experiences in my life and through um, the things that I've gone through, I've realized you know when I'm when I'm standing on stage and I and I get the opportunity to speak in front of ten thousand people, I. I can look out in that crowd and I can tell these stories and I can see the emotion on people's faces because they can relate. They can understand a little bit of what I went through. And at the end of the day, it gives me the opportunity to to be able to relate to them, to be able to talk to them, to be able to get some good face time and to explain to them that no matter how hard or whatever life struggle that you go through, there's always a way to adapt and overcome. And so that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's, that's my life purpose. I, I realized I had a bigger purpose. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm not going to let the whatever higher power or the angels or the guardian angels or any of that, I'm not going to let them down. Not gonna let my kids down. I have a purpose, and I'm sticking to it. Now that just there, like, almost like a scary thought as well to actually sit there and go through and really open up about these things, thinking like, what do your kids want to think? Yeah, that was actually kind of a hard thing um, for me. Uh, the, The initial book started. Um, so my my youngest brother um, he suffered with some addiction as well, and he ever, he ended up overdosing at um, the age of twenty and ended up killing himself. And so a couple of years after that, you know, I I was laying in bed one night watching TV and was just thinking to myself, you know, I need I needed to have a written account of my life. And so as my children got older. When they became, you know, 30, 40 years old, they could read the story about their dad and maybe relate to them or or see the struggles that I went through. And so um, it took me eight years to write the book, ended up finishing the book. Um, But the crazy thing about it is I realized through the book that I had had the bipolar disorder. Um, I remember my, my first um, mania phase, which was at 13, but I was the master, and I'm still kind of the master, of of being secretive about everything. No one knew. And so when the book was released, you know, my mother, she called me up sobbing, saying, like, I had no idea. Why didn't you say something? Friends and family and the people that I know um, they would always come up and say, we had no idea. Well, I realized that it did nobody any good for me to keep everything private anymore. And, right. you know, it's hard It's hard to talk about. I'm not going to lie. But, but at the end of the day, man, if if I can just help one person to not go to the top of the canyon, then then my life purpose it means something. Has this been almost been kind of like uh, like writing the book, like an easier way to actually share what you've been going through with with your family? Yeah, it was. Man, I I don't necessarily know if it was um, 
easier to share. It was just, like I said, it was just, it was one of those things that I, that I got tired of hiding it. Um, you know, I, uh, one of the big things that, that kind of sparked me is when, when Robin Williams um, ended up taking his own life. And you're right. talking about a guy that has made hundreds of millions of people laugh. And from outside looking in, this guy was an incredible human. But people didn't know who he was. And and so on my end, I want to be able to explain to people who I am. And, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to lie about it. I'm going to be raw about it. Um, I'm going to be honest about my life experiences. So... So at the end of the day, there's never any surprises. Nice. Now, you mentioned um, like when you go through a mania, uh, like a mania, like is it like a attack? Like what do you mean by a mania? All right. So, um, so of course there's uh, there's the the two sides of bipolar disorder. So there's the depressive state where. I don't get out of bed for two or three weeks and, and you're just feeling down and you don't have any self-worth and, you know, you're you're really, really hard on yourself. The, the crazy thing about life and the things that I've come to to kind of realize was that life has a way of balancing itself out. And so you're at a really low point of your life. Well, the mania or the manic phase is completely opposite. So... Um, when I'm when I'm manic, I have unbelievable motivation. I'm very confident in what I do. I'm creative. You know, I start companies. I drive better. Um, the the issue behind having those type of um, things happen is that I end up being too much for the people around me. My mind spins constantly. Um, and I do crazy things. I don't. I don't assess risk very well. I don't really understand consequence very well. And so, the people around me are affected. For me, I love it. It's the best feeling ever. But, but for for the people around me, um, they just they have a hard time handling it. And that's kind of where you know the the medication comes into play. And and honestly, that's where the helmet comes into play too. I mean, my helmet is my medication. Like now, is there a test to get done that, that you they can figure? Like that, that's me, and, and you know I'm a person <laughs> suffering from depression, and, and then I'm I'm like uh, this totally motivated person, or I'm like not wanting to get out of bed for days. I, I mean I'm on medication already. I, I see a therapist and and all this stuff, and, and that's that is like so me, like everything you just described. See, and that's what you know. What when you like when you say stuff like that, that it doesn't necessarily make me happy, but it just reiterates to me and to the people that are listening and to you that mental health is a big deal. I can sit in oh. front of you know thousands of people and and people can relate to it. They can relate to the stories, and it's. If I can bring it to light and let people know that they don't need to be embarrassed about it, man, let's end the stigma. Mental health, if you have a disorder, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We just learn how to acclimate to the situations that, that we go through. Right. Now, I, I, I got to ask you, you said you, you start 
businesses? Like, <laughs> what kind of businesses do you end up starting? That's awesome. Man, I've I've done so many. So, like in my um, when I first started, so I was married super young, um, you know, at seventeen, and and I worked for people for about a year, year and a half, and realized that I just I couldn't hold down a job. I I would always, you know, as a young kid, I always thought that I knew more than the boss, and so I'd try to tell them how to run their companies. And, you know, it, being a boss, that that doesn't work. I mean, they're not going to listen to some punk kid. So, so I started my own company when I was 18 because I wanted to run things my way. And um, through the course of my working career, um, I have started, I think I'm up to, 22 companies right now. Um, a lot of them fail. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you know, I've get, I, I get good ideas, or I think that they're good ideas, and I and I try really, really hard to to make them successful. A lot of times they don't work. But on the flip side of that, the law of averages say that it doesn't matter how many times you try. Eventually, you're going to succeed. And so, you know, I've been fortunate to To have you know successful construction companies, um, to have successful investment companies. I own my own race team now. Um, I've done a, you know some some inventions and and had things go to market on that. So and then you know at the end of the day, you know where I'm at right now is is I became an author, and it's something that I was told for many many years that you couldn't do. Like you can't write a book. Well, I'll I'm that guy that will say, well, I'll show you that I can. And so I did. So, so which was harder? Was uh, writing a book harder than starting a business? Man, right. <laughs> writing a book was probably the hardest thing I have ever done in my life. So, you know, complete truth, right? Complete truth story. I have only read from cover to cover two books in my life. I read one in junior high because I had to, um, to do a book report on. And then the second book that I've read cover to cover is my own. And so being that my mind spins so hard and that I have a hard time focusing and concentrating, the book took a long time to write. So, so yeah, the book was, the book was definitely one of those things that, that I'm, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try it again one day to maybe do, um, another version or a, or a, or a second book, but, but as it sits right now, I'm, I'm pretty content with just one. How about, uh, how about movie? I, I mean, this is something that could be made into a movie. Can't, don't you think? Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so when I wrote the book, um, I sent it to an editor, uh, you know, I wanted to, I wanted them to clean it up just a little bit. And the editor um, had passed it along, or she, you know, she asked me if she could pass it along to a couple of people. And um, I had uh, a, a well-known publishing company. They called me and said, "Hey, you know what? You know, we'll uh, we'll give you a little bit of money, and um, you can be under our umbrella, and uh, like we'll publish you." And I told them no because I wanted to be self-published. I wanted all the creative right to be mine. Uh, and then about a week, week and a half later, I got two phone calls from two different directors asking, begging 
to please, you know, give up a little bit of creative right for the book so they could make a movie about it. And here again, I said no. You know, it, I'm I'm not necessarily interested in that right now. Uh, it's I've always thought that it'd be goofy to, like, to me, it would be odd to me to to sit in a movie about me while I'm still alive. And let's be honest, man. Like, good movies are always about people that have died and have kind of went on. So, so yeah, movies always in the in the thing. But you know, it's going to be a while. Uh, that's not true. There's got to be people alive that they made a good movie about. Yeah, there are a couple people, but I don't know. For me, it seems embarrassing. <laughs> so, all right, then, who would you want to play you in the movie? Besides oh, Brad man, what? Well, <laughs> yeah, let's go Hugh Jackman, right? Like, like he's a badass, or let's go, like, Bradley Cooper or, you know, something like that, and then we could get like a Kate Beckinsale to play my wife or like a Wesley man. I could, dude, I could cast this movie like crazy, man. Like, like it would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. That is freaking great. But yeah, uh, Hugh Jackman. Yeah. That would be a good one. Yeah. And then, you know, we could add some special effects in it and I could grow like spikes out of my hand and, you know, make it funny and a comedy. And I could be one of the X-Men. I don't have a problem with that. Oh, That'd be huge. I'm in. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Where do I put my ticket? So, uh, is, is there a race coming up this weekend, or was it It was last weekend in Vegas? Wasn't it recently you were in Vegas? Yeah, so I was in um, – so we had a race. Um, it's called the Mint 400. It's one of the most – famous popular races in in long distance off-road racing and that was in vegas three weeks ago and then uh then no it was two weeks ago sorry and then last week i was in um, san bernardino california at a racetrack called glen helen and uh, we had a short course event there and then i've got a week off and then we're you know we've got laughlin nevada we've got baja mexico coming up um we've got a race here in utah I mean, I like I for me, I typically race anywhere between twenty five and thirty weekends a year, so I'm always in the race car, which is my safe space. I mean, that's that's what I like to do. Now, how about when you're not in that race car? When I'm not in the race car, it you know, it's it can be a struggle. Um, it's after a race, I have a tendency of kind of you know falling off a little bit. Um, during the race, I have a lot of adrenaline and a lot of, you know, serotonin, dopamine dump type stuff. And, but when I'm not in the race car, um, it, it, I kind of fall off a little bit. Um, the, the big thing that's, that's helped me at least for the last couple of years is being so focused on being the mental health advocate. So, so that keeps me, that keeps me quite busy. I still get a pretty good rush, you know, standing in front of, 10,000 people and, and, and telling my story. And so it's, uh, it's definitely been an experience that, uh, that I wouldn't give up for anything. Now that's, I mean, when I, uh, you know, saw about you, uh, you know, being an advocate for it and, and talking to people, I'm thinking to myself, like you're going and talking to, you know, a, a room of a few hundred people, but you're going to talking to 10,000 people. Yeah, we've got um I've got an event here um coming up 
I think it's May or something, that there's supposed to be anywhere between 10 and 12,000 people. Uh, I'm I'm really pushing right now. We've got um, we've got a lot of speaking at the colleges. Um, we do. Um, I'm a I'm a big you know, proponent on STEM education, and so you know I I I go through and, and go to the junior highs and high schools and you know talk about you know STEM, the science, technology, engineering, and math programs. Um, the colleges are great because I get to speak in front of you know their entire medical department. So these kids that are learning how to be doctors or psychologists or or those type, they can actually hear what it's like to be on the other side. Instead of reading the book about you know the 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 textbook from school, they can actually hear real life experiences from me. And so. Um, it's good. I mean, it's it's those things where where I can convey my experiences and you know people will listen. What I've found, you know, through my through my short years that that I've lived is uh, that it's it's about one in four um, people that I meet have some type of of mental illness, and there it's like it's legit a hundred percent. Every single person that I meet, they either have a disorder or they know someone who does. And so it's not that it's an epidemic, but it's one of those things that if we can bring awareness to it, if we can end the stigma, um, I really believe that, I mean, my main goal at the end of the day, like I'm one guy, I get that I'm just one guy, but I want to change the world, man. Like I want to bring happiness and tolerance and all these positive things to everybody that I can meet. And, you know, people say that I can't do it. Well, at the end of the day, I'm going to prove them wrong. Nice. Yeah. You have the power to do it, man. You really do. And that's the big thing. I sure hope so. Yeah, they just need to, like, know. And that's that's the the thing. Like, a lot of people just are not educated about the thing or they're just scared to uh, say there could be something wrong. No, yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, what uh, what I've what I've found uh, as well when when I'm speaking and and um, what I never really understood until you know a few years ago is why why don't the people that have you know the celebrity status or that are are big influencers why don't people talk about this type of thing? And what I've come to realize is the reason why people don't talk about it is because it's hard. So every time I tell a story, because I've lived it, I actually relive it over and over and over again. And so um, it has it, – I, it puts me at risk to relive it in a way that I can spiral down into a depressive state or, or spiral up in, into the mania. And – that's why I think people don't talk about it is because it's hard and you relive the, those experiences. And what I'm willing to do for me is I'm willing to sacrifice my mental well-being to bring the awareness to as many people as I possibly can. Yeah, well, when you're, when you're talking to a room of ten to 12,000, you're doing it. I'm sure trying, brother. <laughs> so, all right. So, where can um, where can everybody uh, get the book? It's called Bulletproof. 
Yeah, so uh, so Bulletproof, you can get it on my website. Um, it's at justinpeck.com. I have a lot of good information, you know, about the book. Um, I've got a active blog that uh, that explains a little bit more about about the mental disorder. Um, it gives you know helplines and it and it gives you know suggestions. By no means am I a doctor, and by no means do I give advice um, because I'm not a doctor. But uh, but the blogs kind of go over you know my my experiences and stuff, and so. You know, like I said, the website justinpeck.com. You know, I have uh, I have a lot of good information, and you can purchase the book there. Nice, very good, Justin. This is a this has been a, an amazing talk, man. I, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here to talk to us, and I'm glad you're here to uh, write the book and uh, share your story with everybody. Well, I definitely appreciate the the opportunity to, uh, to be able to speak about it. I just here again, it's. Um, it makes me happy because I, I I feel like I have a reasonable platform now that that people will listen and um, yeah like I said again I I definitely appreciate the opportunity to be on your show. Absolutely, absolutely, it was my pleasure. Hey, uh, th- again, thank you. Um, everybody needs to go justinpeck.com get that book. And uh, if you're out in the desert where you see uh, cars racing by. Don't take a selfie. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> I don't want to run over anybody, man. Like that. Yeah, that's that's not cool. Not cool at all. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, Justin. Well, thanks, man. Be safe out there, and uh, yeah, let's keep in touch, and uh, you know, get you back on here, talk some more racing and stuff. Yep, anytime. I'll uh, I'll come back anytime that you need. Cool. Sounds like a plan. All right. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Take care, man. You too. All right, there he goes. Justin Peck, good old number 49, off-road racer. Check out his website, justinpeck.com, for more information and also to get his book. There you go. All right. It's good stuff tonight there, Nick. How about you? Yeah, man. It was uh, an amazing story. I gotta tell you, I've been playing Nintendo all night. Yeah, I heard. I heard. <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what. What about them freaking picture wings you put up, dude? Garlic jalapeno. Oh man. Yeah, they call they're like they're called Arizona wings out here, and they're just that's all it is, dude. Is jalapenos and uh, a little bit of garlic. And by little, I mean a whole lot. That's cool. <laughs> I've been with that. Oh yeah, man, I love it. It's it's like my Chinese food order every time. Oh, that's Chinese food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the local Chinese place serves them like that. Wow, they're good looking wings for Chinese food. Not bad, not bad, man. And it's like eight bucks for like ten of them. Uh, not bad. Yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, yeah, it's been a, been a great show tonight. Very fun show. Yeah, man. Very cool. I'm trying to think, we got so much going on. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. What we got here? I got your life first. 
Uh, all right, there's actually nothing on tap this weekend. Um, no, out in person, nothing. But on the network, we got uh, we got the mojo, or actually tomorrow night we got a uh, LEW Retro Wrestling Hour. Saturday we got um, the Mojo Sports Show. Sunday morning we have uh, Mavs Comic Roundup. Sunday night we got TDR Locks. There you go. That's, uh, that's the weekend lineup for the network. Um, Tickets are now on sale for the big show May 13th, our fifth anniversary party at Whiskey Tango with Tragedy, Rachel Lorraine, Cream Circus, and Danny Parcells. It's going to be a fun night. I hope Nick will be in the house. Yeah, man, I'm trying like crazy. That would be awesome, dude. Then we can get some Hooters wings. <laughs> That's true. Chicken and peas. Uh, oh yeah. Oh boy. I gotta get some crab fries. Good stuff. Yeah, I'm so I'm so. I actually uh, I already started booking a Halloween show. Got the oh yeah, book. you were telling me about that. That's crazy. Yeah, got the got the main uh, got the main band booked. The uh, the opening band uh, is like ninety five percent of the final five percent confirmation. Yeah, exciting. So so exciting. All this stuff going on. Got an all ages show working on June twenty fifth. That's going to be at uh, at the Nail in Ardmore. Uh, a couple of the bands uh, already confirmed are ones from Ohio. They're called For the Fire. The other ones from Maryland. They're called Echo Heart. It's gonna be a fun night. Plenty of things happening. And you know what? It is a little dive bar, and that's where rock and roll is meant to be played in dive bars. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I wasn't sure if you caught that or not. I oh yeah yeah. I was just like oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what, we, what we should do, though, is uh, we should have a moment of silence for the awesome conversation we were having before that fucking 15-minute infomercial. Let me say this. All I kept picturing that whole time was my mother's face, like with her finger in my face, <laughs> preventing me, holding me back, biting my tongue. Because oh, man. She, she, yeah, yeah, that was my mother's favorite line. She drilled it in my head so much. Kill them with kindness. Just keep killing them with kindness and sticking up their ass. I don't care what you kill them with, man. Just do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what I'm going to do. Yo, but I got to give a shout-out, Bay. I got to tell you, I got this thing for Christmas, and today's the first day I ever played it because, uh, well, because I'm a slacker, and I, I needed to get a wire for it, and it took me forever to do that. Um, Wait. But it's – go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I, I, it's right. Okay. You're a slacker. <laughs> so basically what it is is it's this little machine that plays – Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. 
the yeah. old games, right? And then yeah. I went on eBay and I had somebody make me a, a Nintendo game that has 500 of them in one game. Oh, really? Yeah, so now I have, like, all the cool games on that little system in just one disc. And it hooks right up to my other monitor, and, yeah, it's going to make this a game changer. (laughs) Yeah, you know, they're making, like, them, like, they they started making, like, them retro consoles. Um, Yeah, yeah. And some of them, like, the, the Sega one, you can actually... Play the old Sega games on it too, but yeah, they, now they old Nintendo games that I put on. Yeah. Okay, and, and then they made these other consoles that have like like you said, like the Nintendo, the Super Nintendo, and the Sega, like three in one. I think the one that just came out is a uh, Retron Five, and that does Nintendo, Sega, Atari. I think it does Game Boy as well. Like uh, oh. it, it plays five different ones. Yeah, and it's Holy it's just uh, I I have the Retro Duo, which is just Nintendo and Super Nintendo, and uh, it's yeah, it's pretty awesome, man. I mean, it's a throwback for sure. But I've got like Spider Man for Nintendo or uh, Batman the movie, Captain America and his Avengers, <laughs> like these really old craptacular games. That's, dude, and the crazy thing is, like, with the, with the resurgence of these old games and these like retro systems and all, it's like the kids are more buying these old games than they are the new games now. Yeah, well, I mean, my whole system and the game that I got cost less than what a new released PlayStation Four game cost. Exactly. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, these kids will know, never know what it's like not to have a save button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That is funny. That's the whole world, though, man. I'm freaking video games. I wish I had time to yeah, play. Man. Well, what you got to do is you got to get yourself a co-host that asks all the questions. <laughs> oh, man. And then you can play Russian Attack while everyone's talking about different bands and Randy Rhodes and all that. Oh, I forgot to bring that up to, to the count. <laughs> They're doing a Randy Rhodes night next weekend. Oh, man. That's too funny, dude. I got it. So aside from my horrible uh, experience with my construction, I did hook the man cave up this weekend with uh, just some new lights and everything. So it's starting to look good, man. Yeah, you got to put some updated pictures up. Yeah, it's been a while, I guess, since I put it. I put a picture up tonight. Of my computer screens. Yeah, I saw that. But I'll have to make another video once it's all, you know what I mean? Yeah, the updated one. 
Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, it's been a long week already, and it's only Thursday. <laughs> I know. It's just starting. Oh yeah, because like once the weekend starts, that's when you get real busy. I, what like, eighteen I, conventions are you going to now? <laughs> I tell you what, like this weekend, like I can't even comprehend like what is going on. And there's really nothing going on. I'm just trying to like get my bearings of life, really. <laughs> There's a couple conventions, but we're not going to none of them. No. Nah. Well, we're going to go. Every... Go ahead. We're we're going to go out to dinner tomorrow night with some friends. Um. Saturday, a bunch of uh, Jess's friends. They all have birthdays all around this time, so they're they're doing like a little get together at a local place. And Sunday, um, we were going to hit a hit a flea market. In the morning, that was about it. Oh man, I know it's your wife and her friends and stuff, but could you just imagine like that with all the women there? Just <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'll be. Uh... <laughs> You'll be there with your headphones on. <laughs> I, I, I've been uh... taking them more and more, I, you know, because uh, trying not to be. Rude. <laughs> I didn't know it was such a hot topic. Like when I brought it up, it was just a casual observation. Like, <laughs> dude. Oh yeah. man. I start getting thank you emails. <laughs> uh, yeah, it gets it gets brought up quite often. <laughs> And, and you you want to really laugh now? Marissa does it too because she wants to be like me. <laughs> so oh, now Marissa's walking around with her earbuds in, and she's come to work with me the last two days. And can I tell you how many times like I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm doing work, and she's got her earbuds in, and she's got something. Her, she's got her earbuds connected to her phone and she's listening to music off her phone and she's on her iPad and I'll like say something to her and I'm getting no response. I look at her and she's looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like, take your earbuds <laughs> in. So now, now I'm getting the payback. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh man. That's too much, dude. You know how much it's like, you don't understand, I guess, because the time change. You don't like. It feels so much earlier now that the show when the show ends than it did last week. Oh yeah, oh totally. I mean, it was still almost light, uh, light out, like seven something tonight here. Oh wow. Yeah. Damn. Yep. It's a shame it's like forty degrees. <laughs> And then it's going up to the 50s this weekend. All right. And they just want everybody in Pennsylvania to have pneumonia. Absolutely. Freaking insanity. Oh. 
Oh, so check yeah, it out. Man. Hey, did you see the uh did you see like the AutoCAD picture that I sent you? The, the what picture? improved Fort Wilkinson. You know what? I saw you you had posted it uh last night you posted it? And I was checking it out. Yeah, yeah. Where you had your the bedroom guy... Yeah, he did it all up with the entrances and fucking measurements and all that. And that's going to be the, all them containers? Yeah, it's a total of ten. And he was telling me, he was like, these are going to be big rooms. Like, you're using a whole container for one room. And I was like, yeah, don't worry about that. I want big rooms. You know what I mean? Sure. And, now, uh, how is that going to cost? Like, just to have that, like, put together, how how much would that cost? Like, not including the land? Yeah. Right now, after after talking to the container guy and getting prices on um, everything from, you know what I mean, like the, what we're going to use on the inside to how much it's going to cost to have water shipped out there, before I buy the land, it'd be about, it's going to be about $85,000. But it's going to be like seven bedrooms. Think about it like this, though, dude. How much is the average house? No, I... You know what I mean? I mean, it's a lot, but it's still cheaper. And totally, you know, once you pay it off, too, you're not paying this big monthly bill that frees up a lot of cash. And the land out there is dirt cheap. Oh, Absolutely. And I'll just do it in steps, you know what I mean? Like, the the next step is to actually purchase a piece of land and then put a concrete slab down. You know what I mean? Right. That's just step one. Once I can afford step two, I'll move on, you know what I mean? Now, do you have, like, pictures of people that have done, um, like, finished ones? Oh, like, yeah, I've like... seen hundreds of dudes. Uh, I, I can, I'll, I'll have to send you some pictures and some videos of, like, they can literally look like anything, dude. Now, what what are, what what do they call it? Canister house? <laughs> I mean, what what the hell is it called? Uh, um, the ones that I just put container home. Okay. Or shipping container home. Uh, you, I mean, Google image that shit, and some really cool ones will come up. That's what I do. And then the same thing, go to eBay, put it in eBay, look at, uh, you know, the shipping container homes and tiny homes and stuff. There's tons of that weird stuff out there. Dude, that whole tiny homes thing is a fucking huge thing now. They have out here in Phoenix, they have a a whole apartment complex that's made of shipping containers. Dude. This is red ass. It's crazy, right? Now you think about what the average person let's just say they pay like a hundred and fifty thousand. You know what I mean? Which is pretty low for lots of places in the country. And uh I'm still coming in less than that. You know what I mean? And some of that is fluctuating. Like if if I don't need to bring in water it's going to cost me, you know, $8,000 less. 
So I'm trying to find land that's on an aquifer or something like that. But, dude, I'm telling you, man, like, imagine how much more money you'd have to do shit with if you didn't have to pay, you know, electricity and rent. Just those two. Yeah, I mean, you could get, like, the fucking solar panel shit. And out here, man, I mean, it's sunny, like, 300 out of the 365 days. You know what I mean? Dude, and some, I mean, you look at some of these, and you wouldn't even know they were fucking shipping containers. No, absolutely not. Some look like real modern fucking, holy fuck. Now, mine would look a little more like shipping containers because I specifically want that um, that look of like a fortress. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're you're building an enclosed fortress. You really are. Right, with the inner courtyard and pool and water supply and stuff. That's all like that's like five or six years of steady thinking about it, all finally put onto paper. Like where the rooms are going to be, it's very strategic. Dude, I want to do this. I want to come out and be your neighbor. <laughs> it's funny. I was telling my mother-in-law, I was like, you know what? Because I want to put up this, I want to put up a big wall. And this isn't a Donald Trump joke. This was, like, remember, you know how the old forts look in the westerns where they have those really tall wooden walls that are made out of basically, like, telephone poles? Right. I wanted to put that all around the land. So it was like, boom, my enclosed area. And I was like, and then we could just invite people in and they could pay us a little bit to live there and they can farm and just give us like 10%. And she's like, yeah, dude, they tried that in England. It didn't work. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) wow. Oh, man. But I, I think it's a cool idea. And I just. You know what I thought it would be cool is that if I could build that for, say, even $100,000, and right. I lived in it, then I could pass something down to my daughter that will always be a house, will always generate its own energy and its own water. You know what I mean? Like, at the very least, she'll never need anything as long as, you know what I mean? Um, how about, um, like... Like resale value. How how's the resale value on these things? You know, it because it's so odd, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like maybe in the future she'd be able to sell it for, you know, ten times what I paid for it. That'd be cool. Right. Because the way I have it set up with the long ones and then I have the short ones standing up so that they look like uh, towers, it's going to be really cool looking. Yeah. See, I, and especially like the more I watch like my new obsession, dude, I'm driving just crazy with it. Like, (laughs) it's funny. Last night, um, Chicago PD was a repeat and I'm like, really? I'm like, it's a repeat. Can we just watch the news? She's like, I put up with your American pickers every fucking night. I was like, (laughs) I got no response. Um, like you watch that American Pickers show, dude, and you see all these people with these just, they build little towns on like they have all this land and they just build these right. little fucking towns on their own land. And they have all this property and 
different little structures of buildings, and that's what I want. I, I just want. But, but bro, so like in a way, doesn't that sound awesome? Like, okay, so you have chickens, right? And you're like, yo, I- I'm having some eggs this morning, but I'd really like a glass of milk. So you go down to your your homeboy that you let stay on your property, and you're like, yo, dude, I'll give you six eggs for a couple glasses of milk. You know what I mean? Like you're just, it's like a complete community situation. And I love the idea of that. See, but you, you would not be able to do something like that out here. Right. That's the part that sucks because it's just, the land is just too fucking much. The thing out here is the heat, you know what I mean? Like, but people have survived out here, you know, for for years. For, this is where Native Americans come from. You know what I mean? Like, so you, you can do there, – there's some really cool opportunities out here still. Like, I'll have to send you some of the eBays of, like, some of the mines that are for sale where you can, like, go in and then, like, dig for your own gold. I would like I I I wish I had the money for just a mine. You know what I mean? Just and who cares if I found any gold? I would go. I would be so skinny because I would be there every day with a pickaxe trying to get some gold. You know what I mean? Like, right? Oh, it'd be the best exercise program ever. That's too funny. Yeah, see that's that's not. I need to like build a build a property out there. So I have my Arizona property. This way, I'm close to the West Coast for uh, totally driven <laughs> West. Coast. Uh, build one down south, down to Florida. Yeah. Put one now up in see, Boston. Now, see my buddy Bill. He has some land in the Florida Keys. So yeah, that I mean, it'd be like a trifecta. That's all my niece and, and her husband, that's all they want to do is just move to the Keys. They're going, as a matter of fact, they leave this weekend, I think, or next weekend. Really? Oh, yeah. They they go down there like twice a year. They fucking love it down there. Oh, man. Like, out here with Land Bay, too, like, you don't, you don't need a, a huge venue. Like, you could do an outdoor venue. There's a rodeo not too far down the road that does, like, concerts and all kinds of stuff because they just have a huge pavilion. Yeah, we we got to start getting uh, totally driven West Coast uh, promotions on the way out there. Yeah, then you'll be bi-coastal. Right on. <laughs> There's fucking work shit for the birds. I want to start, like, fucking okay. promoting and traveling. Hell yeah, dude. So check it out. I actually have a semi-music-related uh, topic for you. Okay. All right. So it's a little bit, oh, well, really a lot before the music that we mostly talk about on the show. But um, have you been watching the show Sun Records on uh, CMT? No. Dude, I, like, I don't know how much of a fan you are of this of this kind of era of music, but, like, it's about, like, the creation of Sun Records and uh, Eddie Arnold, Elvis Presley, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis. So 
Jerry Lee's there, so of course, you know, Jimmy Swaggart's right next to him, like Carl Perkins, all these like old timer guys, and it's like, uh, I mean, it's, it's a total, you know, drama or whatever, but it, it's, I mean, BB King's in it, Ike Turner just showed up. Really? Just some amazing stuff in it, yeah. I honestly, I, I really don't know nothing about it. Like I saw, I did see like um, like a quick blurb on Facebook or something. Like a, uh, a like I guess it was like a screenshot of the show or something. I, I and I had no idea what it was. Oh yeah, man! It's about, it's about just like it starts off. None of them are famous. You know what I mean? Like uh, Elvis, his girlfriend just broke up with him because he was caught coming out of a black church, and. Uh, yeah, Johnny Cash's dad is an asshole, so he leaves town. You know what I mean? Like it's it's it starts out with them being nothing, and it's just going to chronicle like the rise of the whole record label. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I gotta check that out. I mean, there's not there's not much glam in that, <laughs> but you know, there is. I mean, Elvis had some glam. Well, there was a. I think you were watching it. Weren't you watching the show Vinyl? Were you watching that? Yeah, yeah. A couple of the guys um, in Rachel Lorenz's band were in that. Oh, really? Yeah, like uh, I guess there was a part where the, they had the New York Dolls on there at some point or something. Oh, yeah, where I, the I, building comes like crashing down around them while they're playing. Uh, I guess. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, it was yeah. A, it's a great scene. Two of the guys in her band were um, one played Johnny Thunders and the other played Sylvain Sylvain in the New York Dolls. Oh wow! I think that that didn't get picked up for a second season. I never saw that one either. Yeah, yeah, but this one's cool, man. I mean, a lot of the the side characters, you know, Colonel Tom, Jimmy Swagger, all these guys. It, it, it's really funny, man. I think Turner's a stone cold pimp. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is so funny. Oh, just classic cars and classic music, dude. It's, I mean, it's up your alley. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I gotta check it out. All these stations that never had programs before, all of a sudden they have like two or three amazing shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, there is, dude. There's like so many cool shows, and I've been seeing—I don't know if it's on there yet, but it's coming to Netflix, and I'm really excited because I want to sit and watch it. Uh, uh, what the fuck is the show? Lucha Underground. Oh, what? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what else is coming, dude? Um, the George Lazenby documentary where it talks about how he lied his way into becoming James Bond and he was like a used car salesman and uh, how they offered him like a six picture deal and he turned it down. <laughs> There's this whole big, yeah, it's a whole documentary of on Lazenby. So much did. You think that, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't, I, I just, I can't even, because there's just so much Entertainment stuff out there. I, I just want to see and experience and <laughs> move me the fuck back, and it's pissing me off. Oh man, 
No, I know this Sun Records is on CMT. Like, country music television never had their own shows. All, all of a sudden, they've got, like, two or three hits. I'll tell you what, dude. Honestly, I can't turn the station. I can't. Uh, it's hard for me to turn off of uh, the History Channel. Because if Counting Cars is on or uh, <laughs> American Pickers, like, I could watch that 24 hours straight. Like, Every day. I could watch it every day and be in heaven. Okay, so the ones that I watch on a regular basis, then, let's see if you watch any of those ones. Um, Texas Spin Move? No. No? Um, let's see. What else do I watch? What else? Uh, Flea Market Flip? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Tiny House Nation? That one I have not. No? And, and anything that has the word Alaska in it. Yeah. Not an Alaska person. <laughs> I just like watching it when they're like, well, you got to be careful out here because, like, sometimes when you're chopping up your meat, you could be attacked by wolves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those nature shows. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. And and you know what? There was another show that used to be on History that I used to really get into and love, and it's not on no more. I don't know why. Um, And it was kind of like on the base of American Pickers because I find that show, like, so educational um, about, like, learning about, like, old stuff and all. So that shit interests me. Um, Yeah. That show was called uh, American Restortion. Oh, Really? Yeah, that's, that one's not on nowhere. Oh, well, I wonder what happened. Those shows are pretty easy to produce, too, you know what I mean? Yo, you so, know, did, did I already miss it, or is Chris's uh, 80s thing coming up soon? April 29th. Dude, that's going to be so much fun. I was talking to him yesterday. It, it, I told him, I'm like, dude, that's going to be... Like, packed. Yeah, dude, and, and, like, nobody's going to an 80s party to start some shit either. You know what I mean? So, like, everyone's going to be in a maximum good mood there. Yeah, it's going to be a fun time. That's going to be really cool. There's a lot of cool stuff coming up, man. A lot of cool stuff. Got the LAW yeah. show, the the What's the Name show is not going to happen though. I'm bummed about that. LAW yeah. needs to stop messing around with Aramis though and make him their star. So I'm saying. Huh? No. Oh stop. no, I'm just saying. Okay. Better than that jabroni they have now. <laughs> uh... Pirate is going just batshit crazy. Um, with his auctions, man. Oh, I, I've seen them the last couple of days because he's had some really good stuff. He's got me fucking, I'm bidding on shit now. Oh, hey, check it out. I just wanted to let you know, American Restoration, uh, season mm-hmm. seven, uh, started January 1st and it ends on April 1st of 2016. So season seven just ended. So the, the, they'll probably have another season. Well, what channel's it on? It must not be on history then. Let's 
see. American Restoration is on the History Channel, yeah. Really? It says for season seven, History rebooted the program with a new cast uh, featuring five restoration shops now. Uh, So it's not the dude Rick. Yes, originally it was. Oh, wow. Yeah. So was Danny's show. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's how his... uh, his, Yeah, like when people would bring in like old stuff, they used to go to the guy Rick from American Restoration, and then he got a spinoff show off of it. And when people would bring cars in and stuff, they would call Danny up, and he would come down, and then Danny got the spinoff. That's crazy. Imagine if you're like the one guy in town who wasn't friends with them, and you're the only one that didn't get a show. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Nuts! 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 Dude, if we yeah, so let me guess. The auction. I'm I'm trying to think. It's an autographed album, right? Yes, autographed striper album. (laughs) As soon as I saw it, I said, "Bay's gonna win that one." (laughs) I've been outbid. I don't know if I'm gonna bid anymore. Oh man! You gotta snipe him. Dude, he's been having a lot of people with sniping stuff, like fights are starting and stuff. And <laughs> but he, he had like he he made one of his display cases of the stuff at auction, and like every day I talk to him, he's like, I, he goes, I think I'm overdoing it. He goes, I think I'm doing it too much. You know, I should slow up. And then he messaged me this afternoon. He goes, All right, I think I jumped the shark. He goes, I just added another display case of auction stuff. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I've he been on the album. just reaching for the money. <laughs> Dude, he's like boosting his whole business. It's scary part. Because people are coming in to pick up their stuff and they're buying more stuff. Checking out the place, they get to meet him right. and they come back. Right. And a couple of the things like he lost some money on, but for the most part, I mean, he's had like a lot of the stuff that's been sitting around. And he's, uh, he's, what's his name? He doesn't know yeah. how to make All right, here we go. I'm going to put another bid in. He's got these uh, uh, ticket, ticket stubs and program from a Frank Sinatra concert with Liza Minnelli and Sammy Davis Jr. at the Spectrum from, from Holy seven, hell. Yeah. All right, I'm going to bid 30 on that. That's pretty cool. And then the Striper album. Wow, it's up to 35. <laughs> Yo, somebody better call Striper and let them know. <laughs> like, <laughs> they need to reach out to those fans. <laughs> let, me, let me go. I'll go 40. Live once, right? Oh, yeah, it's autographed. Come on. And then I'm done. And dude, there's so much. There's a big auction tomorrow night. Like, just so much fucking stuff. I'm freaking out, dude. Freaking out. It'll be all right, man. Just one step at a time. Yeah, yeah. One step at a time. 
All right. Well, I, it's eleven thirty. I guess we should go. So just, you know, right, I want to, I guess eight thirty here. So yeah, well, <laughs> we're gonna start like writing notes. Like we keep saying we're going to talk and we never talk. Like we gotta start like actually using the phone and, and talk about stuff. No, I know. We gotta like write them down during the week and then have something to talk about when we call. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, believe me, I can always find something to talk about. <laughs> oh man, cool. So, well, on that note, let's. Uh, hey, thanks to our good friend, Mister Danny Coker. He had a he had a you got to admit, dude, he had a blast. He had a good time. Oh yeah, he. I mean, he. Was, could could you just imagine he's the life of the party down there? You know what I mean, like. I probably wouldn't go into his club <laughs> just because. Why? I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I bet you it's a handful. That's all I'm saying. Nah. You'd have a ball. No. You'd totally. probably be a lot, but you'd have a ball. <laughs> oh. But, yes, thanks to Danny. As always, get his album, the new uh, Count 77 album. It's out there um, called Soul Transfusion. Pick it up. And uh, to Justin Peck, race car driver, author, get his book. Go to justinpeck.com. It's called Bulletproof. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Janetti for hanging up on us. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, uh, yeah, thanks to Nick. This is see. This is where like I'm telling you. This I say it a lot. This is the year, dude. I feel it. Like shit is getting ready to fucking jump. Ever since we did that show two weeks ago, dude, it's like it, it like put us on a whole different level now. I can, and I can feel it. That's good, man. Stay pumped. I can just see, like because I'm getting emails from all different people. I'm getting friend requests from all different people. It's like it's a whole new thing is opened up now. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, on that note. All right, man. Enjoy those wings and uh, enjoy your games. And uh, everybody, uh, hey, stay driven. Be rocking with you on Sunday night. Nick, we'll be talking now. Talk to you tomorrow.